I know you said the show wasn't going to start till 10, but I couldn't wait that long. <laughs> Look at that. Look at that right outside our window. Boy, oh boy, Ooh, oh boy. Ah. They didn't end abruptly as though it were a sound effect. <laughs> <laughs> that would be neat to see the, them come by here before too long, as we like, haven't had in years past. Yeah, I would like them to, uh, I mean, those blue angels, they can do anything. Come right by our window, hover by the window, knock on the glass, <laughs> <laughs> wave, say hi to me. Give you a cup of coffee. Pose for pictures. Hey, speaking of pictures, our own Andy Mazur took some great shots the other day. Andy's an amazing photographer. uh, Of the uh, Blue Angels in flight and other uh, planes uh, in and around. He was out at Wrigley and really took some great shots there. I think one's going by right now. kind of quality of entertainment we're going to have for you today. We're leaning heavily on the sound effects today. (laughs) We can see stuff from up here, right? Absolutely. Well, we have. Well, I was here yesterday and I saw the the Golden Knights were were, uh, jumping out of their plane right in front of my window here. That's amazing. And then uh, we heard the windows rattling a little bit when the uh, the Blue Angels were uh, were coming around. I know I'm going to regret saying this, but I have... You know, normally on uh, Air and Water Show weekend, no matter where you live, you see and hear the planes. Oh, yeah. And normally they, you know, they rattle your windows in your house and they scare the heck out of you when you, before before you realize, oh, yeah, it's the Air and Water Show weekend. Uh, and I, I haven't heard uh, one flyover yet. Yeah, I was uh, at home Thursday when they were first started practicing, and I had to look at my watch, I'm like, "Oh, it's noon. Here we go." And uh, they were they were doing little rolls over my house. <laughs> oh, so you you did? Have, oh yeah, I heard them. Yeah, yeah. Normally I do. I don't, I don't know what the the deal is, but yeah. uh, maybe it's because the weather got uh, got in the way yesterday, and we still don't really know if they're going to start exactly at ten o'clock today, right? That's right. Schwann, yeah. Because of yeah, the, we've got fog and some clouds here, uh, making it a little difficult. It's disgusting outside. Yeah. <laughs> It's a low ceiling today, yes. It's a low ceiling, yeah. as uh, Pilot Andy <laughs> likes to say. As Captain Andy yes, likes, indeed. likes to call it. Wait a minute, I think I hear another one. Oh, look at that. I didn't say all the sound effects were going to be aircraft. <laughs> Never said that. This one actually is my favorite sound effect of them all. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> Stupid, stupid, stupid. <laughs> Which brings me to uh, a letter that poured in this week. Uh-oh. That's what I said. When, Uh-oh. That's what I said when I uh, when I came in this morning uh, for the first rehearsal. People don't know, we do like one uh, read-through on the show every Sunday. And then we do a dress rehearsal mm-hmm. where, where we all wear dresses for some reason. We do? I don't understand that. Uh, uh, so, you know, I, I came in this morning and there's a letter sitting right on my desk, like somebody centered it right on my desk. And I said, well, this must be important. This must be a big complaint about something. And right away I th- I'm going through my mind. What'd we do? Yeah. What'd we say? Oh, you're right. What did Shwani do? Every, now what did, now what did now, Shwani yeah, do? It's always me. Yeah. Now what did Shwani do? Never you. It's always me. And I opened the letter and it said, bonjour, Dean right away 
an international flair. Bonjour. Bonjour, Dean. Love, love, love your Sunday morning show. You guys always make me smile. That's it. Nice. That was the whole letter? Isn't that nice? Somebody. That's great. Somebody took the time. Uh, they put, uh, well, I don't even know how much these stamps are anymore. I never, do you guys still mail stuff? Yeah. yeah. Oh, sure. I, really, I mailed two cards uh, for different reasons this week, but I did. I what mailed do you mean, yeah. cards. What do you like? Birthday cards? Get well cards, and uh, you know, I, well, I mailed a sympathy card to a friend oh. also. So, but you know, a, a, a card of encouragement and a card of sympathy. Aren't this you nice? Aren't you nice? I try. I try. Because uh, these stamps now just say forever on them. Yep. Yeah, because the price goes up and down. Price goes down sometimes. I like, to, I like to know what this per- this person's name is Frank who sent this. Nice note to us from LaSalle, Illinois. Uh, thank you, Frank, for that. But I'd like to know what, how much he invested in sending us a note. Well, they took the time and trouble to do that. That's, Sat down with a piece of paper. Yeah. Uh, took out a pen. Wrote the, wrote the letter. There's a couple of other things in here, too, that, uh, that have related to the uh, food show, which we'll talk about later on. But um, it's a big deal for someone to sit down and actually write a letter Put a stamp on the envelope. Go to the post office. That's a whole process. Sixty cents, by the way. Is that right? Yeah, it went up. This, went up from fifty-eight. I guess I do everything uh, online now. Yep. I do everything virtual. I can't. Even, honestly, I can't even remember the last time I did all that. And mailed actually mailed a letter for everything. I mail postcards when I'm away. I don't think I've ever gotten one. I haven't either. Well, that should tell you something then yeah well i understand for me but andy <laughs> yeah come on man andy's the nice one of us three exactly <laughs> don't make me change you and i, I i'm surprised we're not sending white powder and envelopes to each well, other well that was what i was wondering about with the letter that we <laughs> that, received is that did i ever tell you what somebody sent me once in an envelope <laughs> what <laughs> unfortunately i can't share it on the air because oh. It's, it's really disgusting. <laughs> My mind yeah, is wandering. There's no way I could. There is no. A little critique I of your own review. I shouldn't right? have even brought it up. Because it's like, I know something you don't know. But I do. Just use your imagination. Let me just say, some per- weirdo listener. Listener or a viewer? It was a listener. It wasn't. It wasn't at this station. This was. Oh, oh, okay. In fact, it Somewhere was else. back at the old uh, where Schwani and I uh, worked together. Previous previous place of employment at the WFYR. Oh, way back then, Fire Radio. Okay, Fire Radio. That's when people were less crazy, but not crazy enough to send me an envelope full of something that they should not have sent me. Okay. <laughs> oh. Hmm. Is there any way? Let me think. And you were just a DJ. I then. was just a little baby DJ. You were then. a baby DJ. You know, you weren't doing uh, I literally controversial um, topics not, like not, how to grill, um, not you know, nearly dinner. the jerk that I am today. <laughs> I was only 21 years old then. 20, 21, something. Remember, they used to call me Young Dean. Yeah. That was my little nickname on the air. Young Dean's coming. Young Dean. Young Dean's coming up. Not Young Dean anymore. Well, they called me Young Dave, right? Back forty-four years ago. To your face. <laughs> but anyway, that's why. Whenever I get a, a an envelope, I always isn't that weird. It's like all these decades later, 
you wonder what's going to be, what are the contents? Let me just say, I'm always very careful when I open the envelope. (laughs) (laughs) Because uh, that mystery content went flying everywhere. (laughs) So so You want to talk about the cleanup involved or no? No, okay. (laughs) No, sorry. I'm really, I'm sorry I brought it up. (laughs) We're going to hear about it all morning. I'm here. sorry I brought it up. Well, I'm not going to bring it up anymore, but I'm, I, I shouldn't bring stuff up uh, if I can't tell the full story. That's not polite. No, you're right. You know, I did have so a, let's just move on. Then. I did run into a couple of people. You know, people are so nice when I run into them. And or I ran into a couple of really nice gentlemen at a, a, a big box store this week, and they enjoyed the show. And uh, they wanted to know what the blackmail photos were that I have of you. Oh. <laughs> oh. They wanted to know the full story of the blackmail photos. Well, you can be, you know, I hope you were discreet. Well, I Not can't, you. I can't disclose the content of these photos until one of us dies. <laughs> well, and then I won't be disclosing them. <laughs> if it's me that goes first, I, I can't... Uh, uh, I don't have copies. You're the, the these no. are the only copies in existence. No, I'm the sole owner. Yeah, I'm the sole owner of these pictures, uh, and that's why I always uh, say that if you ever hear that anything happens to me, before you call a doctor, before you call an go ambu- to the, your house, you call an ambulance, before you do anything, go to my house and get those photos because <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be in big trouble if somebody <laughs> finds those pictures. <laughs> Well, you'll be gone already, so you won't be in trouble. I'll be uh, right. I'll, I will be passe by then. <laughs> um, oh, my, this is nice. On the 847 area code on our text line, Dean, we feel sorry for you because of the way Dave Schwan seems to give you a hard time every Sunday. <laughs> wow, oh, that's verse there. <laughs> Usually it's the other way around. <laughs> Thank you for that. Thank you for noticing the turmoil that I go through each and every Sunday here, yet somehow still manage to put on a program. That's all due to the rehearsal. Right. Well, that's why we do this rehearsal, uh, because, you know, when we go through the rehearsals, you know, sometimes we should do a documentary on this sometime. When we do the rehearsal, the show is flawless. Yep. It's without any mistakes. It's without any uh, goofing around. We work to put in all the mistakes and guffaws, faux pas, if you will, that uh, when we actually do the show. That's all planned. And not only not only during the morning prior to the show, it's during the week. Right. Mm-hmm. That's when we it's have the day tab- and night. That's when we have the table. It's the, day and night. Table on, reading, yeah. Usually on Wednesday, we have a table reading. <laughs> With our names in front of us, so right. we know who we are. Yeah. <laughs> What right. character we play. Right. Andy Mazur. Yes. Dean Richards. We uh, sit around the craft services table and, you know, we have snacks. The what services table? Craft. Yeah, make sure you uh, pronounce that properly. Craft. Yeah. yeah. Complain about the coffee. Complain about the coffee. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> so, uh, all right. So we don't know. the How did we ever get off on that tangent? But the air and water show, we're not exactly 100% sure. Uh, when and all that yeah, stuff. It's, the scheduled start is 10, okay. running until 2 this afternoon. All right. Well, we'll see if anybody flies by the window today. That would be nice. That would be really great to see. Sure. That would be great to see. I think we saw something 
a few years ago, them coming right along the river here, which was just awesome to see through the window here in the newsroom. It's not distracting at all. When no. You, you feel like a plane's going to crash into the window. <laughs> <laughs> it does test the soundproof uh, uh soundproofness of the room here though. true very true and we're you know we're out of practice now because it used to be when we were in at the old dump uh on michigan <laughs> avenue that, that people would uh come by and knock on the window bang on the window crash on the window didn't somebody actually crash into the window once not with us but during somebody's show somebody a car crashed into the uh the old showcase studio well, I know that one happened at uh, ABC, right. uh, stayed in oh, Lake yeah. there. I thought we had one over there. Too. We may have had one that ran into uh, there. I don't recall. I don't recall. Because I remember asking, uh, I thought this glass was supposed to be a crash proof. And uh, the, uh, the engineers or somebody said, no, no, it's crash resistant. Now, there's a difference. Yeah. Meaning somebody could have crashed into the window at any time. Were they waiting for you to do the show there? And... Possible. <laughs> Possible. Wouldn't have been the first time somebody threatened me like that. Won't be the last. Especially like the kind of mail you received at uh, the old WFYR, right? I told you, stop bringing that up. Oh, okay. All right. Can't, unless we're going to say what was in the envelope, and I never can do that. Even if you see me out and about someplace... I'm not going to tell you in person. That's how disgusting it is. <laughs> it's disgusting, I'm telling you. I'm not even going to bring it up. Well, you normally avoid me in public anyway, so <laughs> well, it's what not going to be. When have I ever seen you out in public? <laughs> you name me one time that we've just accidentally bumped into each other. Accidentally bumped into each other? No, we never have. <laughs> And I will make sure that... <laughs> right, because if I see you coming, I turn the other way. Crossing the street just to get out of the yeah, way. Yeah, I get out of the way. I go and I duck in a building. <laughs> and peek around the corner. Is he gone Is he yet? gone yet? Is he gone yet? There, nope, here he comes. You see that guy over there? Tell me when he's gone. <laughs> go in the other aisle. I like to talk like a gangster when I duck into a building, see? Now listen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay. No, he's still out there. <laughs> we have the nicest listeners in the world. We do. I mean, here's an, just an example. Have we had the stupidest show so far today? Yes. Ever? <laughs> well, maybe not ever. Have we had one bit of interesting content on no. the show? So, no. Nah. Uh, yet, the 217 area code, shout out to 217. Thank you for listening. Gentlemen who walked in. <laughs> <laughs> Our fathers would disgrace us. Gentlemen, I think your show should be syndicated. Hey. I, I can't get enough of your Sunday show. <laughs> How about that? Look at that. Syndication deals, huh? <laughs> I like it. Very interesting uh, prospect there. Okay. I'll get our attorney, our Sunday morning show attorneys <laughs> working. <laughs> See if we can make something like that happen. The. You know what we want to make happen now, he said in the most awkward transition ever. It's time for the far-flung forecast. A weekly compendium of fascinating facts and information. And 
and uh, it is uh, brought to us by Dave Maverick Swanee. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Dean. Good morning, friends and neighbors. Get out your compasses and protractors because today we are heading way out west to Eureka Valley, California. Eureka! Eureka! Eureka Valley, California. Actually, I'm trying to... uh, This is a a bit of a curveball today because Eureka Valley is actually a neighborhood or an area in a very, very well-known city in California named San Francisco. Oh, yes, I've heard of it. You've heard of it. And the reason we bring this up and Eureka Valley and San Francisco is because it is the birthplace and home of someone who is very near and dear, a very special person here in Chicago, near and dear to many people's hearts, one Jean Dolores Schmidt, better known as Sister Jean, who celebrates her 103rd birthday today. How about that? Sister Jean, born there and just has endeared herself to really everybody. I never knew she was born in California. Born in California. and uh, What's her full name? Jean Dolores Schmidt, S-C-H-M-I-D-T, a good German spelling on Schmidt. Schmidt. Yeah. Uh, Thought first about becoming a nun while she was in the third grade and played on the girls' basketball team. So, uh, but she was born August 21st, 1919, uh, San Francisco, and uh, raised in the Eureka Valley neighborhood. San Francisco, a little bit cooler than we are, cloudy and 57 today. Uh, Sister Jean, uh, limited edition Sister Jean bobbleheads and <laughs> Christmas ornaments yep. went on sale on Friday to celebrate her 130th uh, 100, 103rd 130th what <laughs> 103rd yes. uh, birthday uh, you can order them online uh, for 20 bucks you can go online if you just do a google search of sister jean bobbleheads you'll see where you can buy them but they're 20 bucks and they're it's cute you know it's like a little bobblehead sister, i've seen those yeah sister they are jean holding a basketball mm-hmm. or sister jean uh, with a big wire coming out of her head <laughs> For the ornament, <laughs> for the ornament, but uh, either way, uh, very very nice, and uh, and all best wishes, all oh, best definitely. wishes, definitely very much so. Happy birthday, Sister Jean. Nine thirty-seven. Team Richards, Sunday morning. WGN. For our weekly visit with Dr. Kevin Most, Chief Medical Officer, Northwestern Central DuPage Hospital, and uh, Doctor uh, on the Move this week, uh, checking in with us from the uh, BMW Championship, where he is medical director. Uh, Kev, good morning to you. Uh, that's pretty exciting for you, I know, right? Good morning, Dean. Yeah, you know, it is. It's a lot of fun. And um, yeah, I was very fortunate to receive an Evans scholarship. So anytime I can give back a little bit to the Western Golf Association is kind of special. So, yeah, uh, and I have a little bit easy duty here this week. All I had was players, caddies, BMW uh, executives. So uh, my partners here from Philly and from uh, 
uh, Wilmington, Delaware, the Christiana Care people have really been doing a great job as well. Very nice. So uh, for how long will you be there uh, in your capacity as medical director? I have been here for seven days, oh. and I am now headed back to beautiful Chicago. Oh, you're in the, you're actually headed back today, so we're uh, we're yep. catching on the tail end of this. Well, that has the weather been nice there? Has it been uh, you know a pleasant time for you? Yeah, you know, Dean, when I flew in on Sunday, it was beautiful. So a week ago, and uh, a lot of people told me, "Boy, you're lucky you weren't here for the ten days previous because we had heat indexes well over a hundred. Mm. And this week, the weather's been delightful and um, a little humid today, a little heavy fog. But for the most part, uh, caddies and players did well. So that's all that I was concerned about. Yeah, in that kind of weather, I mean, people think of golf being, uh, you know, a fairly sedentary sport. You know, because you hit the ball, you walk, or or get in your cart. Uh, They don't think it's being overly uh, physical, but actually... Uh, it, it could be dangerous. I mean, we're, we're looking at hot weather again coming in the Chicago area and people doing things outside like that uh, still have to take uh, the, the correct precautions, right? Absolutely. You know, these caddies are carrying 45-pound bags walking seven miles up and down hills. So, you know, the players certainly are in great shape and really take good care of themselves. The caddies do for the most part as well, but the stress on the caddies is really tough. And the fans at least have an opportunity to, you know, get in some shade and can sit and rest. But those caddies are really moving, and the players are moving. So, fortunately, we've uh, dodged quite a few bullets, and um, just really had this this week. Actually, was more of a pediatrics week for me. I took care of more players' kids than mm. I did players, yeah. which is fun. Yeah, uh, are people wearing masks uh, in the outdoors uh, over there, or no? I would say of the. 30,000 people that were there yesterday, I probably saw a handful of masks. The one thing I did say, I saw an increased number of masks as they walked into the merchandise tent. So, you know, I don't even, I should have checked to see what the rates are here in Delaware and Philly area, but uh, I would imagine they're still kind of creeping up as they are across the country. Yeah, just like every place else. Uh, the I guess the, you know, the latest on this now, as uh, precautions continue to be taken down, uh, the uh, the latest news on uh, all things COVID are these new boosters that should be out shortly. What what's the latest on that? Are we still looking at uh, sometime in September, October? Yeah, you know when he made the statement last week that that booster would be available in a few short weeks. Two things that people may not have caught. One is a few short weeks, which just really does get us into early September. Probably the more important thing is, if everybody knows right now, those boosters are only available for those individuals over the age of 50 who are immunocompromised. Well, they've already rolled it out that these boosters are going to be for everybody 12 and over, which is so key as we're sending these kids back to school with decreased mitigation uh, efforts in place. Yeah, uh, I I mean, it, it, it just makes sense, doesn't it, that everybody should be covered by this. I mean, frankly... Uh, it seems like we've dropped the ball several times of not moving quickly enough, not having uh, product available for people to get vaccines. And they're kind of repeating the same thing over again with monkeypox. They are, Dean, and it's it's um, it's disappointing. You know, you, you almost wish that monkeypox came before COVID and we learned something. But certainly we are not showing it. And uh, Dr. Walensky is a little embarrassed. He saw her probably this week saying, hey, we need to overhaul the CDC. You know, people knew some of the things that happened just recently. I mean, we had 20 million doses of monkeypox vaccine that we let expire 
and we did not order new. By the time it got to a point where we knew that monkeypox was going to be spreading around the world, we went back to them and said, hey, by the way, we have an order here that we'd like to fill. And they said, we're sorry. We've got 45 countries that actually took those doses, and you're going to have to wait. And that's why we're now doing that monkeypox dose at a fifth of a dose just to try to get as much coverage as we can to the individuals who need it. Before we get to uh, some questions and calls for Dr. Kevin Most, 312-981-7200, by the way, uh, I I just wanted to uh, get updated on where we are with monkeypox. How is it growing? What are we doing to stop it? Uh, what kind of precautions should we be taking right now? Yeah, you know, as far as precautions, really, it's, you know, in order to get monkeypox, it's not aerosolized. It's more contact, direct contact. Um, but certainly we're at the tip of the iceberg. People say, well, wait, we only have had, you know, 49 states have had cases. I don't even know what we're at. Illinois is going to be at 1,000 cases by this week. But we have to understand that the testing for it is very low, as well as, by the time people get the rash, those are the people on the extremes of this illness. A lot of people get monkeypox, have very minor illnesses, or excuse me, very minor symptoms. So these numbers are totally underestimated or underreported, and really we need to get our arms around this because it's going to continue to spread, unfortunately. What are the symptoms? What what are the early signs that uh, you might want to go get tested? You know what? It's very interesting. They're very similar to what they are with COVID. Hmm. You can have a sore throat. You can have, you know, a feeling of kind of tiredness. Everyone thinks that everyone gets the rash, when in fact only about 10, 15% of people get the rash that you've been seeing. A lot of other people are still getting the illness without having, you know, and a lot of people, patients have it. And if we tested their antibodies, we'd say you had it. And they'd be like, no, I didn't. I didn't have any of that. So certainly there's asymptomatic cases as well. And, you know, the testing we're also running behind. Northwestern is fortunate to just roll out their testing. So we're certainly at a testing um, two steps back where we should be. Uh, but hopefully we'll get that advanced as well. Uh, and uh, what is the testing process? Is it a swabbing system, much like uh, the COVID uh, test is? Correct. It's a swabbing of the lesions. And those lesions, if people have seen poxes, whether they've seen chicken pox or you know, even you know, monkey pox. So certainly those lesions are teeming with viruses. So the one thing about COVID is remember how we used to talk about how the accuracy of doing the, the collection? Well, that's not the case with monkey pox. I mean, you have the rash, you de-blister de- it, and you have plenty of virus there that you're going to be able to find. So uh, the testing collection is definitely much easier. Questions for Dr. Kevin Most next on 720. WGN. 9.48. Good morning from all of us here on the Sunday show, WGN, and that includes Dr. Kevin Most joins us every week to talk all things COVID and all things health. Uh, Dr. Most on the road this week, but still able to answer uh, questions. 312-981-7200 is our telephone number. On their text line, uh, cab people, uh, or a couple of people have asked, what is the shelf life of the uh, uh, at-home COVID tests? The shelf life for the COVID test? Yeah. You know, Dean... It comes down to more the the solution, and really, the as long as it has been really well maintained. I want to say I was trying to 
think about it. I think the ones that I had had like a three-year. Now, the interesting thing is, got to remember that these are all brand-new tests, so they probably put a shortened shelf life on it to make sure that the accuracy is as good as they, they say it is. But anybody who has one now can certainly still use it, unless you left it sitting in a hot car for a few days. Uh, but for the most part, they're still very good and very accurate. Yeah, and there's probably... And uh, picking pro- up BA... Picking up BA4 and BA5, so that's the other concern. Yeah, the, um, probably a, a, a sell-by date on the package itself, uh, if, you know, if you're wondering about that. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, that'll, that'll give you some information. Should you keep it in a cool place? Uh, should you Absolutely. Should you store it? Yeah. I mean, put it in the fridge? I mean, what do you do? Well, I mean, I don't think you have to go to the extreme of putting it in the fridge, but I certainly wouldn't leave it in the car or in a garage, you know. You, you don't want to do anything that's going to send it to an extreme heat temperature. It breaks down those solutions. you got to remember those cards are are set to look for a concentration of solution based on, you know, the, the viral load that you deliver. So we want to make sure that we at least have some consistency. So keeping it somewhere within those temperature ranges is a smart thing to do. Here's Mary on with Dr. Kevin Most on WGN. Good morning. Hi, doctor. My my name is Mary. I'm 60 years old. I'm fully vaccinated and boosted. I have not had COVID yet. I'm considering rejoining my community concert band playing a wind instrument. Would you advise against this at this time? Mm. No, Mary, I wouldn't. I mean, like you said, you're 60, you're fully boosted. Um, the wind instruments, I'm not sure which, those are like flute, I think, and clarinet yeah. maybe or something like that. You're blowing yeah. into the instrument, not around. Hopefully that the spacing is somewhat appropriate. If you know that those around you are fully boosted and vaccinated, you're good, too. And, again, everyone has to remember, BA4, BA5, fully boosted, fully vaccinated, you can still get this. So good for you that you continue to dodge it. Your mitigation strategies, whatever they are, are very good. But I would say that you this would not put you at much higher risk to go back and join that concert series. Thank you very much. And send us a, send us a recording of the band. I, I, I want to hear how great you guys sound. Thank, thank you. Thank Bye. you for the call, Mary. Uh, our uh, 608 area code texts in, I am an elementary school teacher, fully vaccinated. When we return to school, masks will not be required. But would you recommend wearing them until we get the new vaccine in place? You know, Dean, this is a big question that, I have some disappointment in, in the movement that we made here. I would have brought kids back in masks at least for a little bit until this vaccine's appropriate. We're going to have teachers that are going to get this, and we're going to have a lot of need for substitute teachers. So certainly, if that person has any risk factors, I certainly would, um, because we're putting kids back again in those mid-20s in the rooms, um, so the distancing is not going to be there. And I'm sorry. Kids are going to be kids, and the chance of them spreading it is still very good. So I would just try to be as careful as I could, tell them to keep hand sanitizer, don't touch your mouth. Um, but I'm not sure that wearing a mask is going to be, you know, super ideal in the teaching environment right now. Here's uh, the 815 area code. I had a second booster for COVID two weeks ago. How is that different from what is coming out in September? A lot, of well, pe- a lot of people asking questions about this because, you know, if we're yeah, just a, a few weeks away from a new vaccine and somebody hasn't gotten their second booster shot, you know, most people are going to say, eh, I'm just going to wait for the new one to come out. Right now? That's what I'd say. 
once we heard that it's going to be out in two weeks, people have to understand that the booster that you're getting right now is for the original strain of COVID. That's the original vaccine that was made. <clears throat> the booster that's going to be coming out, not only will it have that original strain of COVID, but it's also going to have BA4 and BA5. Now, the other interesting thing is we have to remember that that vaccine, we were telling you, if you got that vaccine, it's going to prevent you from hospitalization and death in you know, upwards of 98%. What they're now saying with BA4 and BA5, and the testing has been very good, is not only is it going to prevent you from hospitalization, but this is actually going to prevent you from getting the infection. So this is going to be a big difference. And I would say anybody that's up for a booster right now, wait the two weeks because I think there's going to be so much confusion. On, oh, wait, you just got a booster. You're not eligible for this. I would say wait a couple of weeks and make sure you get the booster that has BA4, BA5. So if somebody did just get a booster, say within yeah, the last, last yeah. month, do they have to wait? They're, they're going to have to wait. Um, unfortunately, vaccines decrease in efficacy in the frequency that you take them. In other words, you always hear people that say, you know, I got my flu shot in October. I'm going to get another one in December and another one in March. The way that it works is your immune system is not ready for that. And really, those additional vaccines don't do much. The reason that we got boosted for COVID is we knew that the immune system started to wane. And we need to keep that immune system up and teach it. So, uh, unfortunately, the individual who just got it two weeks ago, they will probably have to wait a few months before they can get the BA4, BA5 vaccine. Here's Tim with Dr. Kevin Most on WGN. Hello. Yeah, hi. Um, I'm uh, fully vaccinated, and plus I had the two boosters. And um, on Friday, I started getting chills and a headache. I never, ever, ever get headaches. Um, worst headache ever. Um, chills, um, no appetite, um, sleeping, cough. Um, last night I woke up. My literally, I, I, I have like one, two o'clock in the morning. My 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 clothes were soaking wet. I had to get up and change my clothes. Um, I, and then I what, what I did yesterday was I went and got a COVID um, you know home test and it said negative. So you know, the being is the fact that I haven't been sick in you know twenty years. I don't know what's going on. I don't understand this at all because I have the symptoms of COVID, but yet I came up negative. Yep, Tim, and you only tested once. What do you, I'm sorry. They only took the test once. Is that what? Only, yes, only. Right. I, I got a home yeah. test, yes. Yeah. So when you get the home test, there should be two tests in there. And the, one of the reasons is we really want you to test twice if it's negative. If it's positive, great. But I would test again. In that box, there should be another test. test well, there was, again. but unfortunately, I used it some time ago, and I thought all I needed. I only thought I needed one test, so I'll go out today uh, and maybe get another one. Yeah, I would, because you're still in the window where Paxlovid would be very helpful. So I would go and test this morning, and then if you test positive, get a hold of your doctor and Paxlovid, because really it's it's an amazing drug and has really shortened the duration of the symptoms. Really? Um, and in the meantime, though, don't be disappointed if it's, if it's negative still, because there's a lot of bad upper respiratory rhinoviruses, adenoviruses going around, which you'd rather have in the long run just because they don't have there's not a long rhinovirus. In other words, you're miserable for a few days, but you're not going to have no loss of sense or uh, taste or smell, no confusion, none of the other long COVID symptoms that we're concerned about. So some people are disappointed when they don't test positive, when in fact they should be ecstatic. And should he uh, quarantine just to be on the safe side until he does that other test? 100%. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yep. Yep. Okay. Good luck, All right, Tim. I'll, I'll do that then. 
Thanks, Doctor. Thank you, Thanks. Tim. You're Thank welcome. you, and good luck to you, Dr. Most. Safe travels to you, my friend. We'll look forward to talking to you again next week. Dean, I hope you have a good view of the Air and Water Show, and if they do swing by, if you could send a Blue Angel to Philly to pick me up so my flight will be wow. an hour instead of a couple, that'd yeah. be great. Yeah, I'd like to see you in that cockpit going upside down and, uh, you know, 360 <laughs> degrees. See how you fare with all that. So what do you think? Air Show is supposed to start now, right? Yeah. Um, what's, your, what's, your, uh, what's your guess on this, Orville and, <laughs> and Wilbur Wright? I'm guessing that there is a bit of a delay, although it, the good news is the skies are clearing here. Uh, it's getting a little brighter. Definitely clearing, um, but it's, it's still pretty thick out Pretty there. thick out there. A, a haze, and we, you know, we had that dense fog advisory earlier in the morning. Uh, but the fog is lifting. The clouds uh, do seem to be lifting. So we have not heard, you know, one way or the other uh, about a delay or anything else uh, uh, like that. So uh, let's hang in. I've seen like three helicopters fly by. Yeah. Scout team, huh? Is that what it is? Could be. Mm-hmm. Just to see how the, uh, just the fog to, yeah, is Yeah, right. Just to check result, it out. See what the ceiling is. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. Well, you're staring intently out the window. There. Well, I'm curious, curious to see what's going to go on. Well, it would be good if if things did get uh, started and get underway here, because uh, boy, um, during the you know we could have had we should have had the nice weather that we had uh, Thursday and Friday, yesterday and today, because right. that was just perfect for that those. Would have been perfect for this. Well, I'm looking out there, uh, you know, because if there's something interesting that's going on, I don't want to miss one second of it. Of course not. And you know, and heaven knows it's not going on on this show. So, <laughs> well, you know, you realize that you know each and every year we do have a very special team of three men. We do that get involved with the uh, air festivities. Boy, if only we could hear from those three. Well, men. I think they're on the ground getting ready to go right if we now. Get a live report. Yep. Contact. Uh, it didn't work so well. <laughs> it didn't work so well. Maybe they can try it again. We'll see what happens later in the morning. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the 20th <laughs> annual recreation. <laughs> <laughs> tried to play a Three Stooges cut. To Happy birthday to Shwani. Well, thank you, Dean. Tomorrow, Shwani's birthday. Second birth, nice. same, same as the, the first. first. <laughs> Quick, does Jack know what line that song is from? Of course not. <laughs> Jack has no idea. <laughs> I don't want to speak for you, Jack, but I barely know what that song is from. Yeah, you do. Oh, I guess that's the end of the song. <laughs> Finish, yes. Okay, when they're done, they're done. Happy birthday, buddy. Thank you, man. Thank you. Almost. Almost. Tomorrow's the day. Tomorrow, and you're going on a big vacation. Going on vacation. Yep. For your, for your birthday. Do you want to talk about uh, what you're going to be doing? Well, I'm going to leave uh, after I, work. I guess I leave you no choice if I yes. bring it up. I'm going to be leaving uh, this afternoon and uh, going to uh, Washington, D.C. Oh. And oh, my goodness, a present. Thank you, young man. Thank you. Wow.
We spared Thank no you very expense. Much. We spared no expense for you. Um, it will now be uh, in uh, Virginia and Rehoboth Beach, Delaware, with Gilda, oh. my lady friend, oh, and we'll nice. be there uh, for a week and a half. His and lady friend, girlfriend, girl, girlfriend. <laughs> I don't know why you said it like it's like that's 1870 because she's a lady <laughs> why yes uh, we're going down to the promenade and we'll go to the roundabout and with my lady friend man my best gal she's a lady <laughs> of course she is and uh, you had the pleasure of meeting her actually she's a very, few weeks very ago. nice so i will be there for a week and a half and i'll be back men- labor day weekend if i mentioned to you she's called me like a half a dozen times oh this now again. <laughs> so <laughs> can i open this or should I wait until yeah, tomorrow? Yeah, you can open it. <laughs> oh, beautiful. <laughs> Little early trick-or-treat present here. Uh, I haven't had one of these since I was like 10. You want to say what it is? What it's it is. a Pez dispenser. Oh, nice. <laughs> I love it. Is there anything more delicious than Pez? It's the best. <laughs> and a card. A nice oh, I don't know. Oh, no, this open. card is rattling. I'm not going to open this no, no, right you now. You can open. Yeah, you can open. <laughs> just, just like the card from WFYR. Right? I had to spend an uh, extra amount of time finding a card that we might read on the air. <laughs> there were several that I chose that it's like no, we can't. Bananas read that one. doing a dance here. Press here. <laughs> Nice, isn't it? It is. Schwani, happy birthday, oh. Enjoy your day. Your friendship means a lot. Dean, thank you so much, Dean. Happy birthday, buddy. Happy thank birthday. Thank you very much. You Andy, did. Dean, Jess, thank you, everybody. You deserve uh, dancing bananas and pets. And <laughs> spending time with my girlfriend. You bet. His lady friend. My lady friend. Yes, his lady friend or me. <laughs> You make her walk several paces behind you. <laughs> <laughs> I always walk on the tw- on the uh, side on the on street, the street side. side. Yes, that's what a gentleman does. Uh-huh. And I've been known to lay down my coat if there is a puddle whether in the street. A, whether he does it, whether there's a puddle or not. <laughs> yes, that's the weird part. <laughs> Well, very nice. We hope you have many more. Well, uh, thank you, and uh, we'll be checking in uh, when we are there. Uh, uh, that's we're going to have a very what, interesting you, far-flung forecast. Yeah, that's what you think. What? <laughs> we have a very interesting far-flung forecast for you're next gonna, week. You're going to call in next week while yes. you're on vacation? Yes. Right. That's a tradition here. We to always do, do the that. far-flung forecast. We've always done that. We've always done that. So then it's not charged as a vacation day. <laughs> that way you can write off. I can the write whole, it off. Mm-hmm. Right write off, off the, the trip. I yes. was working. Right off the whole trip. <laughs> um, are you a big birthday celebrator? I don't. I don't seem to remember you being. Well, um, we've had uh, the you know the landmark birthdays: uh, thirty, forty, fifty, sixty. Oh boy, here we are getting uh, toward more and more towards seventy, aren't we? Um, Man, you're old. Well, you're closer to it than I am. Let me just <laughs> emphasize that. I'm just saying you're old. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me let me emphasize that uh, the, the the landmark birthdays, the milestone birthdays, uh, been good parties. Yes. What's your most memorable birthday? Do you have a most memorable? My most memorable birthday. I, I definitely do. Andy, do you have a most memorable birthday? Uh yeah, actually, I do. I think it was uh, eight, eight or nine, and a bunch of my friends and I were taken to uh, a Cubs game by my by my parents. Oh wow! Sat in the center field bleachers, 
And we left early. I was wondering, why are we leaving so early? We had to get in the car because Vince Lloyd and Lou Boudreaux wished me a happy birthday. What? Hey. How about that, huh? What? There yeah. you go. And my friends all heard we'll it in the car. forget that. Oh, that is cool. Yeah. How did that happen? I have no idea. I think my grandfather had something to do with it at that point, uh, cashing in some favors or whatever. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was really cool. Wow, that is cool. Yeah. Let those legends wish you a happy birthday. Yes. When I was uh, 10, on my 10th birthday, we're having a, a big party. I've, I've mentioned this uh, many times before. My mom was the greatest baker. I mean, she was a terrific cook, but she loved to bake. And she, we were the kids that always had birthday cakes that looked like race cars, that looked like castles. That you know, she was like so artistic and made these beautiful, beautiful, beautiful cakes. We found after she passed away in her apartment, she took pictures of all of her cakes hmm. and had them like in a you know like an old photo album. Like, does anyone even have those photo albums anymore? My mom has mm-hmm. had, had a photo album of these. Uh, all of her cakes that she made. And she made this big, beautiful cake for my 10th birthday. And my friends were going to be there. And the whole family was going to be there. And earlier in the day, I was walking uh, from the first floor of our house down into the basement where I had my pretend radio station. I was probably going to do uh, a you know, pretend radio show to kick off my t- big 10th birthday. And I tripped. And I... <laughs> Fell down, what well, probably like twenty concrete stairs. Oh, oh. boom, Ow. boom, like over, like bundle, bum, 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 like a big bundle of idiot falling down these stairs. <laughs> <laughs> Took me to the rushed me to the hospital. Oh, and I hear we're laughing, and you're going to the hospital. No, I, I well, except for that, I turned out the way that I did. I think everything was fine. <laughs> I think so this explains a lot. That may explain what happened. This explains a lot. On that day. But, you know, I've had many lovely birthdays with family and friends. But that's the one that sticks in my mind <laughs> when I went tumbling down the stairs. And I was mad because I thought I wasn't going to get my presents now that I fell on the stairs. I'm in the emergency room. It's like, my presents. Where are my presents? <laughs> How about you? How about you, big birthday boy? Well, do you want you want a story of a childhood birthday or an adult birthday? It's entirely up to you. It's your birthday. Okay, all right. Um, it's your one, choice. Today. One that stands out probably would be my eleventh birthday. Um, you know, this being summer, you know, we were outside running around in the yard, and friends were over. But the standout birthday gift: an original copy. Of the Beatles, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, which I still have. Of course you do. And because it was released that summer. Wow. And I still have it. I don't know how many times I've played that album. Oh, I was going to say, is it still in cellophane? No, no, no. No, I did lose the cutouts. Do you remember the uh, mustaches and the the cutout stuff that came with it? Uh, I didn't go in for stuff like that, Shwani, because I had the $1 Beatle wig. Oh, okay. That I bought from Woolworths. Oh, from Woolworths. But it came with the album. Yeah, I don't I don't the remember. The cutout stuff came with the album. I don't remember that. In, That's been yeah, lost. The but album. the original packaging, the original sleeve, the inner sleeve for the uh, for the record is yeah. uh, very much intact. So that was the what uh, like 1967? 1967. Maybe? I was 11. Yes. Uh, uh, that was a pretty progressive gift. Mm-hmm. For an eleven-year-old child. That's, well, the, the you know I was a Beatles fan from 1964, right. and so that was uh, that was a wonderful gift to have. That's pretty cool. Yeah, 
Yeah. Adult birthday probably would be my 50th birthday when um, my out-of-town friends all came in, really, from across the country. California, uh, Arizona, up down into Michigan. We had uh, we had a great time that whole weekend. It was great. Hmm. What'd you do? We played golf. And uh, we the, the bigger ate. question is, do any of your friends have blackmail pictures <laughs> <laughs> like I do? No, no, no. If they do, I've, I've not been told. But... Um, we know we just had a, a really great uh, summer get together, golf and uh, partying, eating, drinking, making merry. <laughs> there was mirth and merriment when you when you, when you start talking like you're uh, from 1910. It always <laughs> there was mirth and merriment. I a foot. I say my uh, my lady friend and I we made mirth and merriment and. Had some fun. We had some country time lemonade. Pepperidge <laughs> Farm remembers. Let's get a nickel and get on the streetcar and go and enjoy one of those moving picture shows. In your one-piece bathing suit. <laughs> and that's Schwanee in the one-piece one bathing exactly. suit. Exactly. Yeah. And his uh, curly from the three students. We will be at the beat. We'll be at Rehoboth Beach, Delaware, uh, doing just that. Well, fortunately, we won't be there to see it. (laughs) Okay, so here's what we're going to do now for the next uh, segment, the next 10 minutes. It's Schwanee Love Time, everyone. Yes. Oh, wow. Let's open up the phone lines and call up, say happy birthday to Schwanee. Tell him, why do you love Dave Schwan? No, I'm asking you, why do you love Dave Schwan? (laughs) Three one two nine. We will have an update on um, on our uh, crack flying team here after the news. I beg your pardon. Way. We will have an we will have on the a, air show. Yeah, the air show. Yes, the, <laughs> they have some magnificent men in their flying. The magnificent machines. men in their flying Apparently machines. Apparently, we'll be having an update on that coming we up. We will have that. Ten twenty seven. Dean Richards, Sunday morning. The Dave Schwann birthday spectacular. Schwann's birthday tomorrow. Send him your love on our text line or on the phone line. 312-981-7200. This is Robin and Tim, a two for Schwann for your birthday. Good morning, Schwann. Good morning. Thank you for calling. No problem. We lo- we listen to you guys all the time, and we love listening to you, and you make us laugh every time we hear you. Well, yeah, thank you very cool. much. I don't know if you heard, the show's going to be syndicated now. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be funny show, from what we understand. But we just wanted to thank you for your uh, dedication, your professionalism, the audience of WGN on Sunday mornings. Always appreciates not only the banter between you and the rest of the team there, but how you speak directly to us as if you're just a friend or a neighbor. And that's not something you get these days over the media. So we just wanted to say thank you and wish you all the best. And we're very sorry about your father's life. Oh, thank you very much for that. That's very, very kind of you to say. Thank you so much. So Robin, and, uh, Robin and this Tim, is why we have the best listeners in the world. You are true. among them. From where are you calling, Robin and Tim? Bolingbrook. Bolingbrook. Very nice. Very, very nice. Well, that's very... So love and happiness for all the years going forward. Oh, thank you. And likewise to you and yours. Oh. Thank you so very much. Oh. 
Aw, listen to the Shawnee Love Fest going on here. <laughs> Thank you, guys. We appreciate the call very much. Uh, 815 area code says, happy birthday, Dave. Hope you have a day as amazing as you are. Wow. Thank you very much. Yeah. That was the first time I heard you call me Dave, by the way. I, I, it wasn't me. That was the, <laughs> that was the, uh, you know, the text here. Uh, for example, here's one that says, happy birthday, Schwani. There we go. Uh, love your banter with Dean. Uh, where is it here? Have a great trip, Don and Mary from Huntley. So, so that's very nice. Oh, that sure is. Thank you. Thank you all. Uh, let me see here. 630 area code. The birthday boy has one excellent voice over the airwaves and wonderful attention to detail with special enthusiasm. Leave that gentleman alone. <laughs> see? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank Andy, you for Andy, defending me. I know. That's, that's for Coming you. Coming to my I defense. I him all the time. That's for you, Andy. Yep. Leave that guy alone. I will. Will you please? <laughs> I'll close the door here. Uh <laughs> Uh, let me see here. Let me see. Let me see. Oh, here. Happy birthday, Dave. Another one. Dave uh, is a longtime radio professional. Your steady voice, your history insight, and your far-flung forecast has elevated WGN to a respected and excellent station. May this year be one adventure after another. Wow. Thank you very much. Thank you. Very nice. It is. All of these are great. Very nice. Uh, 317 area code. Go, Dave. Have a great day from Dean in Indy. Okay. Thank you, that? Dean in Indy. That? Shout, yep. shout out to the Motor City. Mm-hmm. You bet. This morning. Uh, yeah, just uh, lots of them here. Lots lots of uh, text messages. All for uh, Shwani's big day today. So. Thank you all very Tomorrow. much. Thank you. His birthday. It is tomorrow. Uh, later on, you're, you have to leave early today for your trip, right? Right, right. So uh, right after uh, Shawnee leaves, I'm going to give out his home phone number <laughs> and, and his Reg- uh, address. Regular address. Right. So you can all go by his apartment and decorate the apartment <laughs> to get ready. 1037. This is love. I'm not ready. A weekend theater segment on 720 WGN. We had uh, mentioned a couple of weeks ago. That coming to the Chicago Shakespeare Theater will be a stage production of The Notebook, the uh, very, very powerful uh, motion picture that now is being uh, adapted and making its world premiere uh, at the uh, uh, Chicago Shakespeare Theater. Uh, two people from different worlds uh, falling in love. Uh, the uh, movie is, you know, just one of the great tearjerkers of all time. And there is a special event which will be taking place tomorrow night at the Music Box Theater, in which they're going to be showing a, 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 a big screen version of the Notebook. Uh, you know, the the Notebook as it was intended to be seen on big screen at a theater at the Music Box, and then there will be a post uh, show discussion about this new stage presentation which is going to be taking place this song that we're listening to is singer songwriter ingrid uh, michelson uh with uh, uh, one of the songs from the stage production rick boynton is the creative producer of the notebook the live version of uh, notebook and he joins us on the phone line right now rick thank you for joining us good morning Good morning, Dean. How are you today? I'm doing pretty well. Did I get all that 
uh, correct. I wanted to make sure that I was explaining uh, all of this correctly in context with this phenomenal motion picture that is a, a guaranteed uh, tearjerker every time that uh, yeah. I'm, I'm frankly a little surprised that this hasn't been uh, brought to the stage uh, uh, already. Yeah, we're, we're thrilled. You know, we're, we're thrilled to to uh, to bring this premiere musical to the stage. And, um, you know, it's based on the best-selling novel, which inspired that iconic film that you talked about. And um, it's it's a really, really powerful piece. You know, we're in rehearsals now and begin performances on September 6th. And it's um, we have an amazing team, a, a really amazing team. As you mentioned, Ingrid Michaelson, who's just an incredible singer-songwriter, yeah. is doing the music and lyrics. And the book is by playwright Becca Brunstetter. Becca was also one of the writers on This Is Us. And uh, then choreography by Katie Spellman and music supervision by Carmel Dean and music direction by Jeff Coe. It's a, it's a really, really incredible team. And I have to tell you, I watched the, uh, the, uh, the, one of the runs on Friday and I have to, t- it's pretty darn moving. And I think it's going to be a really powerful piece. Oh man. I don't know why I like a tearjerker so much. That <laughs> I, I like having my emotions manipulated like that when I go to see a movie or, or a play. I, I, I think it just, I mean, even though it's, it, it can be sad, it's ultimately life affirming in this case. Uh, and the most beautiful expression of love that there can possibly be, you know, we all, we, you know, we. I, I guess it's not a, a spoiler to uh, the the movie's been out and the book has been out for such a long time that it's uh, a, a a couple uh, who have been married a very very long time now dealing with the ravages of uh, Alzheimer's and you know we we think of that but you know you you sort of forget that the the story leading up to their marriage and leading up to that is really these two people who come from completely different worlds who have no business at all getting together, except that love wouldn't let them not be together. Is that exactly right? Yeah, that's, that is so well said. It's about finding your soulmate, right? Whoever that is, finding your soulmate and talk about life affirming and the power of love to transcend all. That's what this musical is about. Yeah. Uh, in, in what ways will this be similar or different from versions of the notebook that we've uh, known before? What's wonderful about the, this creative team is that they're using what theater does best to tell this story and to tell this powerful story and to, t- um, to really go through the generations of this love and the, the, you know, the coupling of these soulmates. And so it really is its own thing and um it it takes what what it lives in the best-selling novel of the same name and and brings it to the stage and dean the set is really incredible mm. and i think it's going to be a, i think it's going to be a, a pretty special time in the theater yeah i i'm so looking forward uh, to seeing it i've already bought a stock in the kleenex company <laughs> You know, just uh, you know, I don't know if that's insider. I think that might be insider trading. I probably shouldn't do that. Uh, Actually, it's funny you mentioned that because we all talk about that too. We're like, we need to do the notebooks, Kleenex boxes, right? But you, um, you need to have yeah. that out at, at the concession stands for, for everybody for sure. Now, yeah. what, what's going to happen tomorrow night? It, it's the music box tomorrow night at seven o'clock, right? It is. That's exactly right. And so it'll it will be a showing of the notebook, the movie, and then afterwards, 
um, Ingrid Michelson and Becca Brunstetter will do, you know, have a conversation about the making of the musical. And, um, it, you know, if people want to get tickets, they can go to musicboxtheater.com. And I think it's going to be, we're going to have a fun night tomorrow night. Uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, seeing the production. It begins at the uh, Shakespeare Theater September the 6th and is scheduled to be there until October the 16th. Tickets are uh, on sale now. You can contact the uh, theater's box office at 312-595-5600 or their website, chicagoshakes.com, to uh, get more information. Rick, I'm so glad you could join us this morning to give us a little preview. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dean. Have a great day. Thank you. You do the same. Coming up in just a moment, we say goodbye to the Devil Wears Prada musical made its world premiere here in chicago over the past month or so we'll talk with its producer coming up next Ten forty-seven. our week in theater segment this week sponsored by the lyric opera of chicago this is elton john singing uh, one of the signature songs from the devil wears prada musical it's been over at the Nederlander Theater for about a month or so, and sadly, we say goodbye to the Devil Wears Prada musical. Today will be the uh, final performances for this show that uh, that I loved. I had so much fun uh, going to, to see it, uh, enjoying it, had the pleasure of talking with uh, most of the uh, major cast members uh, from the show, it's been a for, for me. It's been a delightful uh, visit from them, and I hope it has uh, been uh, for them as well here in Chicago. Before they tout, take this on to New York, uh, Kevin McCullum is the producer of The Devil Wears Prada. Kevin is a three-time Tony Award winner. Uh, maybe you know some of his other shows, like Rent, like In the Heights, like Avenue Q. Uh, Kevin, it's a real pleasure to have you with us uh, on WGN. Thank you for joining us. Dean, it's a great pleasure to join you, and 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 thank you for uh, for you know making the theater Chicago such a great theater town, and just we need people talking about it and celebrating it because it really is what makes Chicago very very special. And I love bringing shows here. Well, I'm, I'm happy to hear that. I, I'm so happy to hear the delight that our viewers, that our listeners have. Uh, when they hear us talk about different things that are going on on stage in Chicago, uh, you know, they have a, an appreciation for it. And God bless them. They uh, go in and they don't care what critics say. They don't care. You know, they they, they uh, are, are coming and, and they're going to give it a good old fashioned Chicago. I'll tell you what I think of this show. And uh, and that's I, I think that is exactly what's happened. With this show, I have yet to talk to the, an average person who's gone into the show that didn't come out and say, I had so much fun. I loved the songs. The performances were amazing. Uh, you know, it, 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 it's, it's been uh, unanimous pretty much from theater goers. Well, it's clearly that is the case because you haven't been able to get a ticket to the show since we opened. And, you know, we the wonderful thing about a show like The Devil Wears Prada is everybody has an opinion on what it should be, whether you love the book or love the movie or actually work in fashion or just work anywhere and have a uh, a boss. And, and, and we've gotten so aware of, you know, behavior in the workplace. So um, 
book written in 2003, a movie in 2006, and in 2022 with Elton John writing the music, Shane Taub writing lyrics, Kate Weatherhead, Chicago's own Anna Shapiro directing. It's a, it's a team of a lot of high profile. So everybody descended on Chicago to see our tryout. And just to be clear to your listeners, this is a tryout, which is what I love doing in Chicago. I did six here as a tryout. I've done, uh, I'm about to do uh, work with the Chicago Shakespeare Festival on the notebook. And I love working with Broadway in Chicago to bring, bring the big uh, Broadway musicals. I brought Motown here. All my shows come through Broadway in Chicago. And I grew up in Deerfield. I went to high school oh, in Deerfield, Illinois. So I, did not know I know, I know something about Chicago and I love this town. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know if you were on the, the phone line yet and listening, but our, our previous guest just before the break, uh, is with the Notebook musical. You know they're they're doing a special screening tomorrow night with a, yes. a post show discussion uh, at the Music Box Theater before the Notebook musical opens at the Chicago Shakespeare Theater. So we were just it, it's just on my about. schedule. It's on my schedule. I wasn't listening because I was uh, in the middle of actually I was at over at Tech at the Notebook uh, this morning. Oh, so okay. um, yeah, no, we're really excited about what the Double Earth Pod is going to do. I have to tell you, I've never we did. Just for five weeks, I was expecting, you know, 80, you know, 70%. That's typically what you do, especially coming out of COVID. And, you know, last week's we were well over 100%. In five weeks, we did over $6 million. And what that does is it obviously pumps money into the economy because we bring people here in Chicago. It's such a great theater town to do that. But also, theater in downtown areas really, really invigorate cities and communities. And um, it's why I do the theater, because everybody has to show up. You can't phone it in. You can't. You're not on a device. You actually sit with strangers and come out connected. And, and a story like The Devil Wears Prada is all about where I am in the world, you know, especially from a female voice, but also just from the voice of how do we present ourselves to the world. And I think that's why so many people got excited about the show. And we're making plans to... Uh, to actually take what we learned, because it's a research and development um, sort of activity of starting a new show for the first time, until you add an audience, you don't know what you have. Yeah. And I've been fortunate enough to do this for 30 years, and, and Chicago gives me so much wonderful information, and hopefully the town had a great time with us being here as well. Yeah, what, what kind of information specifically? I mean, I've heard so many yeah. producers, so many actors... Uh, Mel Brooks was was one that uh, you know I'll never forget because just because you never forget a Mel Brooks encounter, but you know he <laughs> he talked uh, to me about uh, when he brought the producers here before it went on Broadway uh-huh. and then went on to break mm-hmm. every record for Tony Awards. The 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 impact that uh, the input that Chicago audiences provided to him and the director, Susan Stroman, and Nathan Lane and Matthew Broderick and this whole cast. Uh, what is that? What is that tangible thing that Chicago audiences give you guys? Um, an honest reaction, meaning they're, it's a sophisticated, educated, and diverse community that, you know, you could think a line is, is, is very, very funny or that a song is really working in the rehearsal room. And then on stage, all of a sudden, they find a look funnier than the line or a gesture. I mean, we've discovered so much in, in The Devil Wears Prada with, with just sort of a, you can't have close-ups in the theater. 
where you you know we, it's a beloved film so you know you can't do the subtlety of of a close-up and a reaction shot in film so you have to find the theatrical equivalent and and that has to get into the actors bodies because there's this contract this silent contract where strangers come into the dark the lights go down and we say we're going to believe that singing and dancing is real <laughs> and we're going to make this silent contract and that is an alchemy that you cannot just keep on paper in rehearsal. And the creative team, Anna Shapiro, James Asselp, our choreographer, all the creative team is in the theater with you. And that energy exchange, like, you know what? We stay too long at that number. You know what? That joke isn't working because the joke before, they're laughing there. And if we cut that first joke, the second joke is actually the laugh we're going for. So it's all about that rhythm and that timing. And you know what? We have too many ballads right here or you know what we need orchestration Mm -hmm. we were changing the show up until opening night and a lot of our development was thwarted because in when you're on stage in a broadway uh, tryout or any uh, unionized theater if someone has covid they have to be out for 11 days so we had 24 cases from june 27th to august 7th our opening so we were constantly figuring out how to keep the show up in previews. We weren't telling anybody we were, we were so, so thwarted because we had a show to do, but we did lose one show. And if we hadn't lost that show, we would have done, you know, well over, you know, six, two. So it, 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 it really was against all odds to create this show at this time. And yet to do as well as we did and learn so much from the audiences coming out. And, and I would overhear them. I would listen to them. And, um, you know, they were like, it's fantastic. I would do this. I would change this. I like that. I didn't like that. That is gold yeah, that's for a producer. That's the feedback that feedback that you were looking for. Exactly. Absolutely. Right. Now, do you know, and, do you know when this, uh, when you're going to be uh, headed to New York and uh, when, when this will be opening and, uh, you know, get it shot there? Yes. Yeah, so how this works is this was always billed as a world premiere out of town tryout. Of course, we're with Broadway in Chicago, and uh, most of my shows, and this one included, will go to Broadway. But one of the things I have to be very careful about is I am concerned about when all of our unions work together to, to get better rules in terms of how COVID operates within our world today. Very different rules in London than there are in New York right now. And I'm not judging what's a good rule and what's not. What I am saying is, When you lose someone for 11 days because they're diagnosed with COVID, even if they're not symptomatic and they feel they can perform, you cannot have enough people uh, as understudy in swings. It becomes almost impossible to produce under those circumstances, unless you're a long-running show with a lot of people who have done the show who can jump in at the last minute. So that is part of the headwind I'm looking at. Secondly, I can't announce a theater if other shows are playing in a certain theater, because that would hurt the economics of the show that currently has the theater. And there's, there's seasons in Broadway. Typically shows close at the end of a year. They close right after the Tony Awards and they close right after Labor Day. So if shows start announcing, they're going to close at the end of the year, then maybe I'll be able to announce what theater I'm going to. But all the theater owners have come. Everyone really sees the excitement of this show and sees how audiences in Chicago 
have responded literally as soon as we opened. And there was some good reviews. There was, a, you know, your review was terrific. A couple other reviews were terrific. There was one terrible review. And that's just says something about it's, it's Devil Wears Prada. I'm going to have an opinion. And the show is about judging things. So it's not surprising that yeah. <laughs> some of our writers were very judgy because yeah. they took the voice of Miranda as kind of sport exactly. about the show because they have an opinion on what fashion is. But it, the thing about fashion is everybody's right. That's what's so wonderful every, about fashion. Everybody's just it's like... It's an expression of who you are. Just like your review. every Everyone's opinion exactly. is uh, completely <laughs> valid. Well, we'll keep an eye on uh, when this is going to be headed, headed to New York. Uh, congratulations on a, a terrific you, run Dean. here and on such a fun show. It's a real and, pleasure to talk to you. I hope I hope we it, can uh, talk again soon. I'll be here for the notebook. And let me just say this. Thank you, Chicago. Thank you for being a place where you can take risks and tell new stories and um, come in as strangers and leave the theater as a family. I'm so grateful for this town. Kevin McCollum, producer of The Devil Wears Prada. And still no word on... Uh, exactly what, if or when the air show is going to begin. I mean, it, it will begin. It's going to, the day's going to get. The question is when. Yeah, the question is when. Yeah. You're, uh, you're the newsman. Yeah, well, the question is when. We're waiting to hear word, you know, one way or another. Uh, you know, there, we still have this fog downtown around the lakefront and uh, a low ceiling, as uh, Andy said uh, a little while ago there. He, so, hey, you mean Captain Andy? Captain Andy. As we yes. now like to call him. Captain Andy. Uh, <laughs> but the, given that, uh, you know, that that's going to delay the start of this. So... Uh, well, I, I mean, it's only going to in your the forecast. They're saying it's only going to get better today, right? Yes, right. So. There, there is a chance of some scattered showers and thunderstorms, but the, you know the the clouds are lifting, and certainly, you know, even though it's still foggy down here, it's better than it was a couple hours ago. Yeah, it was just downright you know bleak, and you couldn't even see the tops of the buildings. Uh, it was so so cloudy. Uh, now, can you see the uh, you know pretty much what's going on? from your house um sometimes you're kind of close yeah you, you live yeah kind of close sometimes uh, you can you you can certainly hear it <laughs> yeah, right. you right. can certainly hear it uh, i was in uh, millennium park uh on friday and uh, definitely could hear it and see the uh, for the uh, rehearsals uh, that were going on all right so thursday here, also here's the deal until we get the uh, exact words uh everybody meet at shawani's house <laughs> And uh, he's going to put out, he's got some uh, cold cuts, he's going to put out some sandwiches, no. some bugles, now, and some French onion dip. We, 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 do have, we do have this report just in, Uh-oh. Uh, this just in, the no. uh, flying team that always makes the appearance here every year of oh, Howard, boy. Fine, and Howard. Here we go again. They actually have made it off the ground. You didn't learn from last hour on and this, we can you? check. we can check in with them right now. What's that? That isn't anything. Just some little old wire broke loose from some little old lever. That was our rudder, you idiot. Now we can't get our plane where we want it to go. Oh, there trouble afoot. Trouble afoot. <laughs> if I was in that room with you right now, Shawnee, I'd ask you to pick two. <laughs> I really see what's in my mind each time I think I'm close 11-13. This is Dean Richards, Sunday morning. WGN, longtime WGN listeners will remember Kathy and Judy's uh, letting go special that normally happened uh, right around this time of year, every year. 
as uh, parents took their kids to college for the first time. Not not even the first time. The you know when they would take their kids to college. Period, and how uh, emotional it was for them. Uh, that went on a lot this week. I, I lots of my friends took their kids uh, for the first time. My godson. Uh, went away to uh, college, to ISU, uh, for the uh, first time. Empty nesters, a lot of empty nesters uh, going on out there. And I think the schools uh, starting, Chicago Public Schools, uh, starting, I think it's tomorrow. Is that right? CPS? Uh, You know, everything's uh, getting back, back to normal again. Was that a big deal for you, Andy? I I went to a school here in Chicago. Mm-hmm. I went to Columbia College, so wasn't that traumatic on my parents when I went down to South Michigan yeah. Avenue? <laughs> yeah, I was the first of the family. I'm the old, oldest uh, of the two sons, and I went to Bradley down in Peoria. Oh boy! So you broke your parents' hearts. Yeah, so it was uh, it was a little a uh, little emotional, a little teary. Yeah, there was some. Uh, it's funny. My my parents, uh, my dad especially, writes letters. And I came across a few of them, uh, just kind of cleaning things out uh, when they moved. And he wrote me a really nice letter about going to college. The, the, he wrote when you went to college, yeah. or he wrote it? No, now? he wrote it. Uh, you know, he, he sometimes he has. You know, he's he's emotional. My dad's a very emotional guy, no. uh, very sentimental, and he couldn't tell me some of the things he wanted to tell me. Oh. So he wrote them down, but de- but did not give you the letter. He gave me the letter. Uh, I think the first trip I came home for like fall oh. break or something like that. Okay. Wow. Well, that's nice. Yeah, it was cool. It was very cool to rediscover that. Yeah, that's a that's a yeah. beautiful uh, beautiful sentiment. Mm-hmm. Shwani, did you go away to college? Ball State. Yes. Ball State. Yeah. Right down in uh, Muncie, uh, not far from Indianapolis. Yeah. And what was that like for your parents when you? They were probably happy to see you leave. Well. <laughs> <laughs> It was uh, as a, most people yeah, are when was, you leave. It was a bit of an <laughs> boy. Oh boy! Happy an hour and a half ago, you celebrate my you. birthday. <laughs> Happy Thank birthday. you so much. Uh, well, yeah, there was uh, some emotion there, but uh, as it turned out, uh, the people that I ended up uh, rooming with and knowing a, a few people from Highland uh, down there uh, to start with, uh, you know, helped ease the transition so uh while it was a bit of an emotional uh, adjustment adjustment there yeah. uh it was all good it worked out very well yeah it's a it's a, a very interesting thing that happens uh, every year and especially you know now a, a lot of my friends who i know whose kids are going off to school for the first time i clearly remember when they went to school for the first time you know it's like well mom and dad it's no big deal but now as parents, you know they're super weepy and yeah. you know super emotional, and you know that's a, it's a big adjustment. Yeah, it's a huge, huge adjustment. Not only for the kids, you know, of course it's a big adjustment for the kids, first time away from home, but for the uh, parents, and especially if you know suddenly you're uh, an empty nester. I, I know uh, a couple that have uh, three boys, and within the last. I, I guess within the last three, four years, all the boys now are in college, and suddenly they are empty nesters, and they it's a big adjustment for us to you know to having three boys in the house and nonstop activity, and then nothing, and now it's like oh you live here too, <laughs> <laughs> oh you you've been in this house all this whole time really, <laughs> it's an interesting adjustment. 
And, you know, even just uh, going back to school, you know, I was, uh, when I was uh, shopping, I don't want to say I uh, last minute shopped for your birthday present, Shwani, the very extravagant Pez dispenser uh, that I got. <laughs> very for. creative yeah. gift, by the way. <clears throat> I was looking for the as seen on TV department. <laughs> that's, that's actually what I was looking for. <laughs> But this particular store that those of us of a certain age know what that means. Yes, yeah. uh, I was hoping to find <laughs> pocket fisherman, a pocket fisherman, <laughs> Mister Microphone, thing that you can boil, you know, poach your eggs. Oh yeah, you know, something, something like that. A Mister Microphone, but I couldn't, so I settled uh, not not for the I settled, Pez dispenser. I think the Pez dispenser is a very nice uh, gift. It home. certainly is. Also. Yeah, if you could have find, found a Clark bar to go along with it, I would have been uh, oh, just see. as just I, as good. I did, I did not know that that's uh, the combo that you want you know what uh, I'll, you, I'll know for next time but here's my point that um the um you know uh, uh, seeing all the back to school stuff in the stores any any store you're going to a grocery store everyone's got their back to school stuff out yep and doesn't it take you right back oh, to oh yeah absolutely uh you know it's like oh boy school's about to start i have to go get my notebooks i have to get you know, whatever pencil cases or, you know, the, whatever pre, you mention uh, every week, Shwani, the protractors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We get a protractor. Compasses and protractors. I don't think I ever used my protractor or compass ever, except to stab my brothers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, I, I remember, too, before, uh, in grade school, the school would send you, uh, your family, a list right. of all the things you needed. So yep. you'd go down the aisles of the drugstore or, or the convenience store or whatever and, and, and purchase everything. And of course, there was the husky pencils and big erasers and things like that. It was yep. cool. Yeah. I loved getting a new notebook. I, I loved the feel of a... I don't know what that material was. It's not like vinyl, but you know, that, yeah. like that. Some blue. of them were vinyl. Yeah. It was some of them were, but yeah. I, I liked it. it. Was like a, almost like a blue denim kind of material mm-hmm. or some kind of fabric. Yeah, I don't know why. That was always my uh, preference. Fresh I, paper in it. I always thought that was so cool when I got my new trapper keeper. What do you mean? What's what is that? What's a trapper? You remember trapper keepers? There was a. It was a, like a notebook, and it had folders inside of it, and it was. Uh, it was always. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was. Uh, That's called a trapper. Keeper? I just well, called there, there it was a folder. There was a brand, and it oh, was. It oh, was oh. really popular when, when I was in grade school in the seventies and mid seventies, and uh, yeah, we used to try to compare who got the better trapper keeper. Who got the better <laughs> trapper? Keeper. And there were scratch and sniff stickers you could put on it too. I do not remember anything scratch and sniff until I was much older. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, I've got a newsroom to run. I'm going pretty I'm going sure, now. Pretty sure I was in college my first scratch and sniff experience. <laughs> the great Garth Brooks. Eleven twenty four, Dean Richards Sunday morning. WGN y'all. And Garth Brooks joins me tomorrow morning on the WGN-TV Morning News. We're talking about his recent uh, mega concert that he did at uh, Notre Dame. But also, he is uh, narrating a new series. Well, this is something that uh, I should have mentioned to, to Shwani, uh, because uh, Garth Brooks has uh, narrated a, a docu-series on America's uh, national parks, something that Schwani did a special series on a couple of years ago. But uh, that's going to be on in uh, a couple of weeks. Garth Brooks talks with me about that, uh, talks with me about uh, being here in the Chicago area, even shares a recipe with me. 
I've had some pretty good luck uh, getting recipes from some of the A-listers uh, to go along with our food time show here on WGN Radio that we've been doing for all these years. Uh, but also the uh, cooking segment that I do every Wednesday on the uh, TV morning news, every Wednesday morning about 9.35. Uh, this week, actually, I'm going to be uh, doing the recipe that Idris Elba shared with me. Uh, we have the full Idris Elba interview coming up this morning uh, in about 10, 15 minutes. But... Um, he shared a recipe uh, of uh, what sounds like a delicious peanut stew, uh, and we'll I'll, I'll share that with you here uh, in a little while. But on Wednesday morning, I'm I'm going to be uh, cooking that. But anyway, uh, Garth Brooks uh, shared a recipe with us. In addition to all the other things that we talked about, maybe one of the biggest uh, country music stars in the world, Garth Brooks. Tomorrow morning, WGN TV morning news. Hope you can listen for that. What I, I wanted to get into something in the next uh, half hour also on boat safety. There have been these horrific stories that we've been hearing uh, about uh, dangerous things that have been happening in the, the uh, playpen area of Lake Michigan, uh, where, where boaters go, they hang out, uh, th- they drink a lot. I mean, it's the, the playpen area has always been known for that. They go out into the water, and foolish things start to happen. And I don't know that much about boating, really. I don't know about the regulations. I don't know about requirements. Uh, I, I have a few friends that are, are boaters. I always say it's it's better to be a friend to somebody who has a boat than actually having a boat yourself. <laughs> I've been uh, lucky enough to, to be on some of my friends' boats, uh, and they are super, super responsible, but a lot of people are not. And I'm just wondering, for those of you who are boaters, uh, what, what do you think? Is there something that needs to be changed? Is what what can we do? Maybe we're you know we're just hearing a, a whole rash of stories suddenly uh, from some irresponsible actions that take place that are not commonplace. But if for, for those of you who do know about it, what are the regulations? What are the requirements? I mean, do you, do you have to get a special license for that, like you do to drive a car? Are, are there you know certain regulations that must be followed? No, no. One thing about it. Open up my phone lines to see if you can inform us all. 312-981-7200. That will be uh, coming up in our next half hour. Uh, I know that uh, you know people are out in the hot sun. Uh, they're having cocktails on the boats. And sometimes things can get a little bit out of hand. Uh, as I say, the, at least the people that I know who are boaters are super responsible. Uh, they, um, you know, they, they, they watch carefully to make sure they're super respectful <clears throat> of other uh, people who are out on the water, you know, who are also on boats. Uh, but yet we hear, I don't know how many stories that we've heard. 
Shwani, how many stories? Has it been three, four, five stories, something like that? Yes. Of some pretty serious injuries. Yes. Right? Uh, here, just within the last week or two, uh, you know, they, they found a body uh, yesterday afternoon uh, in uh, the playpen area there, and this terrible uh, incident where the two women were very, very seriously injured uh, a number of days ago. Uh, one young lady losing her lower legs, another person having their hands severed, uh, when the boat propellers uh, uh, got too close. Um, and you were talking about safety and responsibility. Uh, I have to say, every captain of every boat that I know, if you know, if some type of drinking or partying is going on on board that boat, they do not participate. They are, you know, uh, very, very the, sober the and very are, serious. The people about, who are drinking are not participating in operating the boat. They're not operating the boat. That's right. Yeah. And that's been the case ever since I've known people that have had boats uh, here uh, in all my years here. Well, that's what I, I wonder. I mean, do you have to get a special license? I don't. Uh, part of me, you know, as, as I say, I'm not an expert on this, but I think if I remember hearing correctly, you don't have to have a license. There is no real to operate a boat. Yeah, and you know they in the recent years they've tightened what are called drunken boating laws. We hear about drunken driving laws all the time, but there are drunken boating laws that uh, came into place and w- became uh, uh, much more stringent after a number of very serious and tragic accidents in the Chain of Lakes area uh, up near the Wisconsin border number of years ago all right well let's open up the phone lines I, I know we must have some boaters out there who can give us the real deal on this 312-981-7200 we'll update news and get right back my, my Dean Richards Sunday morning WGN I'm just talking a little boat safety really just trying to upgrade my knowledge on who can and cannot uh, operate boats given all the uh, the terrible accidents that we've been hearing about uh, in Lake Michigan people who are you know out on their boats obviously partying uh, and uh, irresponsible things uh, apparently uh, taking place that have caused uh, some serious illness that uh, may have caused some deaths uh, even Uh, and I'm just wondering you know do you even have to uh, get a license is there some kind of instruction something that you have to do before you're allowed to get behind the wheel of a boat uh keith are, are you a boater uh, yeah i'm a boater on the lower fox in uh the fox valley here okay so what's what's, what's the story on this then well down here if you're i don't know if it's 16 or 18 but if you're over that age you have don't need to have any license whatsoever. If you're below that age, you got to go through a training class. But if you're driving a boat while intoxicated, you're going to lose your driver's license as well. So it kind of goes across boards. You don't have a license on the river, but if you get drunk on the river and get caught, you're going to lose your driver's license. You lose your driver's license to operate a, a motor vehicle, a, a car. Correct. Well, yeah. Hmm. And, and i got to tell you, I feel safer on the roads than I do on the river some weekends. Is that right, because of the, the partying that's going on? Yeah, well, you know, just like on the roads, there's always one idiot. 
And uh, is it, uh, it, it, I mean, is it uh, alcohol or some other substance, or is it just general irresponsibility? I mean, we see that. It's a combination of both. Yeah, because we see on the roads all the time of people, you know, I don't know if people in in their cars are uh, drunk or, you know, under the influence of something while they're doing, but they, they clearly think they're the only ones on the road. And couldn't care less if yeah. they might well, cause an accident with uh, their I, I think accident. it's just the same on the river, if not worse, because people feel a little more free. Yeah, that they can do uh, whatever they want to do. Yeah, yeah, and not saying just the drivers. Like these incidences in the playpen lately, those yeah. two ladies, that's tragic. Right. Um, that captain of that boat should be investigated, but... As for the guys that are jumping off or falling off of boats without life jackets on, that's on them. You know, it's, I don't know how you enforce that more. Right, right. So, what do, what do you think is a, a, a better a better way? I mean, what, if you were in charge, uh, what what do you think is a better way? Because I mean, you know, there's no way to control some of the idiots, I guess. Uh, but yeah, no. but, what, but what are you doing? And you're certainly not going to stop people from. You know, having a cold one, uh, you know, or, or several. No, no, uh, no. While, while they're on their boats, the point that's of going on the boat, right? Yeah, that's never going to happen. Yeah. So, right. so what do you do? I, I don't know. I. That's a good question, Dean. Yeah. That's a good question. It's. Uh, I don't know if it's more enforcement or you know maybe you have to have a boat license. Maybe that should be a thing. Yeah, I did. It, well, yeah, I don't know if that would. I don't know if by, you know, simply taking, you know, going through and being tested, uh, if, if that's going to prevent people who you bring on your boat, uh, you know, from acting more responsibly or not. As I said, with like yeah. people that I know that own boats, uh, the, the, nobody who is, in, you know, I've certainly been on boats where people have been intoxicated, but nobody who is operating the boat is. But there are cra- crazy things that happened when when you're on a boat and and that's happening. I don't know how you prevent it. Maybe this is just yeah. something that there, there's just no answer to this. I don't know. Don't. Yeah, well, I don't have an answer for you today, Dean. I just thought I'd give you my opinion. Yeah, no, I'm glad you did because uh, it's certainly a lot more info than I had on this. But you had, you had mentioned that if, if people are under the age of, what would you say, 16? I'm not sure if it's 16 or 18 now. It used to be 16, but they'd have to go through a uh, training class. My daughter did to be able to drive the boat. Just a basic safety, navigation, waterway training class. And, uh, well, she learned a lot from it. Okay. All right. Well, maybe it's, maybe it's, you know, just more of that, more of that for everybody or maybe you know unfortunately these terrible stories will shock people into uh you know acting a little more responsibly it's a shame that it has to come to that but uh you yeah, know maybe yeah. maybe that's what it takes well, for you, people you, to go you maybe you got to have a responsible captain and the captain's got to be even more responsible than if he was driving a car yeah that's, in, in my opinion yeah keith i really appreciate your call and your knowledge on that thank you Yep, anytime, Dean. Take have, care. Have a great day. Yeah, it's uh, some interesting texts on this. Uh, 708 area code says people need to take 
a boating education course. They are sponsored by the Coast Guard. They get 10% off their insurance if they do. Now, it says here on this text that does not get you a license, but the this is all in this text here. The playpen is very dangerous. Boaters and swimmers should not be mixing in there at all. And that, that sure makes a lot of sense. When you have these boats with these giant propellers, uh, yeah, I would not want to be swimming in an area like that or on a raft or... You know, just uh, anywhere in an area like that. Uh, let me see here. The uh, 773 area code, uh, they should have a law requiring a designated driver. Okay, that's uh, that's an interesting thought. Here's another that said, uh, Dean, you're talking about boating safety. One of the things I don't understand is why, especially in the playpen, that you're allowed to be out on a raft. That should not be uh, should not be allowed. Boy, I've heard that so much uh, since that horrible accident. People who I know who are boaters that are out on the water uh, a lot have said uh, the same thing. Here's the eight four eight four seven area code. Uh, such a shame about the boating accidents. Lives change forever. Most of it is drinking. Uh, I hate to generalize, but you know from the you know, a few times that I'm out every summer, that sure seems to be the case. All, like all the crazy stuff uh, seems to be, uh, uh, you know, people with their brewskis out there, woo, having a good time, woo. Uh, 847 area code here says that rental boats all over the chain, I assume chain of lakes, uh, there are rental boats all over the chain and people have no clue what they're doing. Yeah, this just seems just like such a recipe for uh, more and more trouble. I don't know. I don't, I don't necessarily know that I want more regulation, but uh sure seems like something has got to be done. Uh, we've had way too many stories like this this weekend. If we just put our heads in the sand, or below water in this case, and don't pay attention to it, it seems like it's just going to keep happening. Uh, 11.45 would be the time, and Idris Elba, one of the most popular actors in the world talked with me about his brand new movie that's called Beast. That is coming up next. WGN. Yeah, we've got a couple of interesting uh, texts on the subject of safety in the water. Uh, 773, wake up, Dean, being in a bar at a wedding is same the same thing as drinking on a boat. You can't control people consuming alcohol. Well, I mean, it it is similar that people are consuming alcohol, but one is done on a very, very dangerous vehicle, uh, you know, and the other is done in in a reception hall. It doesn't make it any smarter. Uh, It can be as potentially dangerous, but I think uh, being out of control drinking on a a dangerous uh, vehicle like a boat is uh, much more dangerous. Uh, 217 area code uh, sadly stupidity is everywhere now the victims of these recent horrible accidents lives are changed forever and Sharon uh, you uh, say that you used to uh, go uh, boating in this playpen area right 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 my husband and I were in uh, over in Monroe Harbor um, for about 13 years and we would we were sailors and we would oftentimes on the weekends 
go to the playpen and anchor there and and just maybe swim off the boat and brought our grandkids there and had lunch on the boat, just really, you know, enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And even then, I mean, this wasn't that like that long ago, maybe like six years ago, six, seven years ago, and we would be there almost every weekend. And we noticed that um, it was very frightening at times. If we were swimming off the boat, we'd stay very close to the boat. And people, they don't look. Uh, we found, and not to be discriminatory, but um, it was usually the, the larger power boats that were way overloaded with people, mm-hmm. um, way too many people that should be on the boat, and nobody would have a light jacket. There would never be, you know, people would get uh, boarded by the Coast Guard now and then, and they'd be checking these, um, these you know, big power boats. Um, like, do you have enough life jackets yeah. for every passenger? Is there, they would, is there a maximum? Would, is, is there a maximum number of people? Uh, well, or? I think there probably is um, on, like, some of the, because there would be, I mean, like 20 people like dancing in bikinis or less right, right, right. <laughs> on, the, on the bows of these, you know, mega yachts. And I think part of it, too, is the, the captains of these boats, they're either inexperienced, they're, uh, they've got daddy's boat out for the day, mm. um, they don't have, uh, you know, the, the sense of... Um, uh, the protocol of right-of-ways, and they're just kind of going in and out, you know, weaving in between boats. Yeah. And it was it was very scary. It's got to be scary if you're in the water and swimming near your boat and one of these gigantic boats come by. Yeah. That's got to be yeah. and it's tre- a, tremendously yeah. terrifying, I would think. Yeah, it was. But it, it just seems like a, of lately... Uh, I don't know if people are breaking out of COVID and like just having a heyday out there, right. but um, it's it's very tragic. Is, what is there what a way to is there, is there a way to control this? Uh, probably just more you know Coast Guard yeah. people because I mean we would see pe- uh, boats getting boarded. Oh really? Uh, now and then, yeah. Mm. Uh, but. W- whether or not they were fined or whether or not, you know, like a warning, you know, like a verbal warning, like don't do it again kind of thing. But there is definitely a lot of alcohol involved. Uh, you know, it just gets very crazy. Yeah, sure seems like it with my limited experience. You sound like uh, a lot more experienced at this than me. I appreciate your insight. And, uh, Sharon, of thank, course. You, thank yeah, you for calling I, I in. Felt like I had, yeah, I felt like I had to put my two cents worth yeah. in because I, I know that playpen well. Yeah, well, so, I'm, I'm glad you did. I hope things get better out there. Thank you so much for your call. Uh, it is 1153 uh, Dean Richards, Sunday morning on WGN. That's where we share our full A-list interviews with you. And this week, the star of uh, one of the new motion pictures to open at the box office this weekend called Beast. It stars uh, Idris Elba, who uh, you may remember from the British crime series Luther or uh, The Wire, a variety of uh, motion pictures. In this latest one, he's uh, he's a dad who returns to a small uh, South African village 
where he and his wife used to live. His wife has recently passed away, and he wanted to show his daughters where uh, mom grew up, where his late wife uh, grew up. This village is uh, under attack by uh, a ferocious lion just uh, attacking and killing people. And uh, this is a thriller among thrillers. Uh, it's a, a white knuckler, like one you have not seen in a long time. Beautifully shot, beautiful choreography, uh, horrifically scary, uh, much the way Cujo was, much the way Jaws was. I mean, we've seen these, you know, beasts out of control kind of movies in the past, but uh, Idris Elba does a, a pretty great job uh, in this one. We had the opportunity to. Uh, catch up with him we've talked with him many times and talk a little bit about beasts i'm very good dean how are you doing doing very well you could not look any cooler right now by the way (laughs) sitting there in that t-shirt with those glasses you are just like the ultimate and cool sitting there right now which which is the opposite from my character in the film because he's everything but you know he's very scared (laughs) yeah well yeah i want to talk about that in a second but let me just ask you uh, about the location for this uh this was i mean terrifying but also one of the most beautiful locations that i've ever seen where were you yeah, we were in uh, the southern tip of South Africa, of Africa, and, you know, there's Joburg, there's Cape Town, and we were sort of five miles outside of Joburg, which is uh, a town called, um, a village called Limpopo, it's a region, and Limpopo just has these breathtaking landscapes and vistas that, you know, we, we which is an essential part of the film, actually, you know, to to get a sense of the isolation that this, these characters find themselves in, we 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 are, we isolated ourselves somewhere beautiful. But uh, yeah, it's it is really cinematic to look at. So during the the process of making this film, during the scenes itself, or just you know while you're hanging out and doing stuff and seeing sights, I, I imagine, do, do you come and uh, encounter? Uh, any uh, wildlife that, uh, that actually <laughs> made you scared in real life? Uh, well, you know, there was definitely wildlife in and around where we were shooting because we were shooting in the savannah. Um, at, there was nothing dangerous. So, you know, we had some, you know, people that would work around, work with the, the, the local environment just to make sure none of the animals came into shot and vice versa. We didn't want to disrupt you know, of the film's blueprint, their, their um, environment. So, you know, we were mindful of that. Obviously, shooting somewhere like that comes with its, you know, <laughs> opportunities for danger, but we were good, mostly. Yeah. I wonder if uh, being a father yourself, you know, just kind of informed you on a different level here, did it? 100%. You know, the central storyline between me and my two daughters is very much a big component of the film. Um, you know, they are going through a trauma while going through something traumatic. So, you know, it, it really, you know, as a father, I had the perspective that I think is definitely unique to anyone with children that are grown. Uh, and there's a certain type of patience and a certain type of you know, negotiation you have with your children that I definitely tapped into for this film. As I said at the beginning of the interview, you you look fantastic. You couldn't look more super cool with those shades on. <laughs> what what do you do? I mean, you know, a, a lot of us 
you know, want to want to have the Idris Elba uh, routine. So we can also be in good shape. I have the sunglasses. I, that much I can handle. What else do you do? I mean, do you, do you work hard or is it just kind of natural to you? Um, there's definitely, you know, a genetic. My parents being West African is a certain type of body type. But I will tell you something, man. Like, you know, we have this cycle of eating, you know, breakfast, lunch, dinner. And we put a lot of stuff in our mouths, into our digestive systems quite a bit. You know, about a year ago, I sort of made a decision to sort of redesign that, look at that a little bit and try to eat less, try to let my uh, the natural sort of progression of digestion work. Because if you're always eating, your body's always working, your immune system goes down, you're not getting the nutrients you want. If we eat less, you know, drink a lot more water, get a lot more sleep, you just end up being healthier. Now, I'm not the picture of health, so I appreciate what you're saying, but I certainly... I'm aware that to do what I do for a living, I have to stay in a certain amount of shape. Now, now do you, is there one thing that you cook that, that you do in the kitchen and you knock out of the park? <laughs> yeah, this is West African dish called uh, ground nut soup, which is really basically sort of peanut satay. It's made African style. It's kind of like, you know, ground nut, uh, peanut butter, uh, um, the onions and the tomatoes and the chicken. It's all stewed together. Eat, eat it with white white rice. My mum taught me that when I was a young boy, so I've perfected it now. Like, mwah. I'm going to try to recreate that, and the next time you see me, I'm going to look like you. <laughs> you look great, man. Yeah, he needs glasses, clearly, if that's what he thinks. Uh, Idris Elba, his new movie, Beast, is in theaters right now. Our A-list interview this week, sponsored by Lyric Opera of Chicago. Recipe that he was just talking about, about the peanut stew. I'm going to be recreating that on television this week. I'll tell you specifically what goes into it coming up. So just to back up to the uh, story that you just did uh, about the haircuts. Yes. Did you say that was Sweeney Todd? Sweeney Todd is actually is the way it's pronounced. It's T-A-U-D. Sweeney Todd Studios. Yeah. In the South Loop. Uh, Roquan Smith was involved with this. Uh, Apparently he came up with the idea uh, to help uh, get kids inspired to look good for the start of school. And a hundred people showed up there. Very nice idea. Uh, but what an interesting name for uh, yeah. a barber shop. <laughs> yeah, Sweeney Todd. Because, yeah. you know, the musical Swe- right. Sweeney right. Todd, T-O-D-D, yeah. is about a deranged barber <laughs> who slits the throats of people <laughs> and uses their bodies to make meat pies. <laughs> no, this has so, nothing to do with that. Not sure I'd want to no. go in for a trim there. <laughs> make it more than you bargained for. Interesting, interesting choice <laughs> names for a barber shop. So you're out of here now. Am I, am I correct? Yes, Ron Brown will be uh, in uh, coming up here. He will do the twelve thirty and uh, get us through the afternoon. All right. Yeah, Schwanny's going on vacation uh, because tomorrow is his birthday. Yes, it is. And thank you again, everyone, for uh, checking in today and wishing me a happy birthday. That yeah, means lots, a lot. Lots thank of you. Nice messages on the text line. And thank you for your present. And I feel like a 12 year old again. <laughs> this is great. Have you eaten any of the pets? No, yet? no, no, I haven't. I'm going to, I'm saving them for the trip. Oh, that's a good thing for a road trip. Yeah. Pez is a fantastic thing for a road trip. Sure. No, I'm saving them for the trip. Yeah. What flavors are in the Pez that I got you? Um, 
I've got it over on the other desk no, now. No, it's okay. Okay. <laughs> I used to like the cherry one. Cherry ones, grape. grape. Oh, grape yeah, is good. Yeah, the grapes are good. Grape is good. Yep. Yep. I'm going to come back with some Kool-Aid for you. Excuse me? Kool-Aid. What do you mean? The the drink, the uh, uh, sugary drink that had a ton of sugar in it when we were, uh, you know, since oh. we're celebrating our childhoods, yeah. you give me the Pez dispenser. Oh, I see. So you're going to return yeah. with another childhood. With another child, unless you can think of something else that you would like. Well, you know, I always love bugles. <laughs> That's too easy. I yeah. can get those. Yeah, you did, you, know. you did get me bugles once. I did. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, happy birthday, pal. Thank you, Dean. Safe yeah. trip. And uh, Well, we'll check in from the road uh, oh, next right. Sunday. Yeah, if we answer the phone, he'll be calling in. <laughs> Uh, next week, for, and uh, he'll give us uh, our far-flung forecast. Got a good one all lined up. All right. Happy motoring, safe travels, okay. and uh, get out. All right. Yeah, all right. Just one of the greatest songs from the, uh, well, uh, you know what? One of the greatest songs in American musicals, this one, the signature song from the musical Dreamgirls, Jennifer Holliday was the original Effie uh, on Broadway and uh, just killed it singing this song. Jennifer Hudson played Effie in the movie version of it, won herself an Academy Award as a result of it. Uh, And now you can see Dreamgirls. It will be kicking off the new season at the Paramount Theater in Aurora for their Broadway series. Uh, You can get tickets by going to ParamountAurora.com or... You can uh, join me for a night out to see the show for free and also join me for a pre-show reception. We call it the Dean's Night Out. And we always have a a really nice time meeting you and noshing it up a little bit. And uh, just before we go uh, see and enjoy these shows, uh, I would love for you to enter for a chance to win a couple of tickets to join me. Uh, It'll be Sunday, September 11th. At 5.30 in the afternoon, we'll enjoy the show and, uh, you know, have a chance to uh, to chat and uh, get together a little bit. Here's how you do it. You go to WGNRadio.com slash contests, WGNRadio.com slash contests, and uh, you'll be able to join me to see Dreamgirls, the musical out at the Paramount Theater in Aurora. Really looking forward to their new season uh, as as I've said, I've yet to see a bad show out at the Paramount. Uh, they do a fantastic job with uh, their musicals. It's a beautiful, it's a gorgeous theater. We're so lucky in the Chicago area to have uh, so many beautiful and gorgeous uh, theaters. Reminds me of uh, something else that's going to be happening in uh, a week. I think September 6th is the first date. I don't have my notes in front of me on this, but if I'm off by a day or two, you'll uh, excuse me, but... Uh, the world premiere of The Notebook musical is going to be uh, premiering at the Chicago Shakespeare Theater. It's from the same producer that uh, brought us uh, The Devil Wears Prada musical. We had uh, Rick McCallum on the on the show uh, earlier because uh, today is the final day of The Devil Wears Prada. 
And uh, he told us that he is working on this uh, notebook musical that will be premiering at the Shakespeare Theater. So we're really looking forward to seeing that. It's an adaptation of the uh, of the book, The Notebook, and the motion picture, The Notebook, uh, guaranteed tearjerker every time you see it, about uh, two people from completely different places, uh, not, not only geographically, but just, uh, you know, economically, socially, etc., who uh, fall in love, break up, fall in love, uh, wind up, uh, you know, getting married and being in a long-term relationship. And I guess enough time has gone by since the book has come out and the movie has come out, you know, that uh, I can give you a spoiler alert that uh, one of the uh, this couple gets Alzheimer's disease and it's, uh, you know, the movie and book just kind of flash back and forth between the uh, the loving relationship and the uh, hor- horrific results of when somebody you love gets Alzheimer's and they don't know who you are, even though you've spent a lifetime together, uh, they don't know who you are and how, how difficult and how painful that is. And it's it's really, it's the ultimate love story. It's ultimately very affirming that love never dies, even though it temporarily fades away. Uh, and, you know, and comes and goes with the disease. Uh, it is ultimately uh, very uplifting and affirming. But I'm so curious to see how they're going to adapt this into a musical. Uh, and as I say, it opens on September 6th over at the Chicago Shakespeare Theater. You can get more info on that at chicagoshakes.org. If you go to the their uh, website or their box office, you can get tickets for that. It's only going to be here for a month and then, uh, you know, I, I imagine it'll be uh, also headed toward uh, Broadway at uh, some time. So tomorrow night, though, they're going to be showing a uh, version. They're, they're going to be showing the movie version of The Notebook on the big screen, as it was originally intended, at the Music Box Theater at 7 o'clock tomorrow night. And then they're going to have a post-show discussion with some of the people from Notebook the Musical, the stage version, in a discussion to talk about what the uh, this new production is going to be like and kind of give you a little preview. So if you're a fan, it might be something uh, that you're uh, interested in uh, checking out. We'll be uh, keeping a close eye on that. So earlier in the show, I mentioned uh, we got a really nice letter. Uh, it's it's uh, so nice. Uh, when we get actual letters from people, used to be back in the day, we get letters all the time. We used to have people here at WGN, that's all they did, was answer the mail that we got from you lovely uh, listeners, because there used to be a lot of it, and it was really, it was uh, overwhelming, and of course, that has uh, given way to texts and emails and, you know, all these uh, electronic ways now of uh, communicating with us. But, you know, still, uh, every once in a while, somebody takes an actual piece of paper. Uncle Dean, what's that? It's called a piece of paper, Junior. And you write on it with a pen. What's a pen? Uh, somebody wrote a, a very nice letter to us. They enjoy the show. Uh, said that they enjoy uh, the Dr. Most segment. Every uh, Sunday morning at 930, we talk with uh, Dr. Kevin Most about COVID and all things health, really, uh, and said that uh, I especially enjoy the food segment. Uh, I always learn something new. 
And this letter from a gentleman by the name of Frank uh, said, I had a can of garbanzo beans and didn't know what to do with it until I heard your salad segment. I I gave a recipe a couple of weeks ago for a garbanzo uh, and tomato uh, salad. It's garbanzo beans. uh, It was chopped tomatoes, cucumbers, uh, parsley, uh, chives. I put feta cheese in it, but uh, you can really you can put whatever kind of cheese that you want. I put feta cheese in almost everything. Uh, but uh, in this letter, it said, I added a cup of crumbled blue cheese. That would be quite delicious in it uh, also. Uh, and said that, uh, you know, olive oil and vinegar. He used balsamic vinegar. Said that uh, it's even better after marinating overnight. And that's very true. When I've made my uh, garbanzo bean tomato salad, uh, it's delicious when you make it. But it's even more delicious the same day. And unlike most salads, doesn't get all droopy and wilty and yucky uh, the second day because it's nothing but cucumbers. And uh, I, I put some chopped uh, green pepper in mine also. I'm, we, I'm sure we have the I know we have the recipe on the TV website, WGNTV.com slash Dean Cooks, because uh, I, I made it on TV. So there's even a video of me actually making it. But he um, said, uh, you know, how, how much you enjoyed this uh, recipe. How about another salad segment? And, you know, we only have a couple of weeks left for summertime. Not that you have to stop eating salad once summer ends, but it's, it's just so delightful and refreshing, isn't it? On a hot summer's night to make yourself a nice salad that's substantial enough to be the meal. And, you know, it's super healthy for you. Uh, you know, you could put a little uh, chopped uh, roasted chicken in it if you want, or shrimp, or, you know, this particular salad, really any kind of salad. You can throw a little protein in it and call it a day. I mean, that's a meal. But uh, how about, uh, I, I think it's a good idea to have another salad segment. And uh, Frank, thank you for your for your note and your suggestion. And uh, that's what I want to do. I want to get into a nice little salad segment here. I've got some other salad recipes, and uh, I would love to hear some of yours. What are your favorite salad recipes? Do you have something that just, you know, is a home run every time you make it? And, uh, you know, your, your family, your friends uh, just really love it? Tell me about it. Tell me what it is and contribute to the uh, radio potluck here, if you will. 312 981 7200 is our telephone number. If you want to send a letter, delight me. 303 East Wacker Drive. I don't even, I'm sure if I know the address myself to write the letter. 303 East Wacker Drive, right? Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, 18th floor, Chicago, Illinois, 60601. It's got to be at least 10, 15 years since I've given out the address on the air because everybody just texts or emails now 312-981-7200 WGN 1225 WGN those of you that got to enjoy them at the United Center the other night on your mullet wigs and get over to the uh, the UC for some uh, music 
David, you are on WGN. Hello there, my friend. Hey there, Dean. How you doing? Very well. First of all, I love your show. I listen to you guys every Sunday. Thank it's, you. It's part of my Sunday routine. I appreciate that. We, uh, we, You're going to salad us, salad us up here a little bit? I'm sorry? You're going to salad us up a little bit? Yeah, I am, as a matter of fact. All right. Uh, we, so we grow lots of you know, vegetables, tons of cucumbers, tons of cherry tomatoes. So what my wife does, she peels the cucumbers, slices them real thin. Then we get a bunch of cherry tomatoes. Some I, I prefer them either whole or cut. And then she puts a few cubes of ice in there hmm. and then adds like a, a vinaigrette or like an Italian dressing kind of, you know, preparation. Yeah. Oh, man, that's good eating right there, I'm telling you. But so summertime, it's, so it's, it's ju- nice and crispy. Just the cucumbers and tomatoes. Yes, sir, I'm happy. That sounds delicious. And the, those ice cubes, you take the ice cubes out or do you leave them in while you're... No, she, she puts them in the bowl while we, that we eat out of. Yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing. It keeps them nice and chilled and crispy. Really? Oh, of course, it, of course it, but it doesn't get watery at all, though, right? The, no, because yeah. you're eating them. But, but the you're, you're I, I Actually, I love the sauce. After I'm finished, I might sip some of the sauce out of the bowl. Oh, you, oh you get some nice Italian bread and dip that Italian bread in the dressing. You're, now you're talking. Now, that's an idea, as a matter of fact. You yeah. know, I haven't thought about that. Oh, that's a, I, I do that all the time, uh, probably too much. Uh, when I make uh, I, like a, a Greek salad, which isn't that far really from what you're talking about, because, uh, you know, your basic Greeks, there's there's two kind of Greek salad, village salad and uh, a, a green leaf salad, which has lettuce okay. and uh, uh, tomatoes and onions and kalamata olives, but the the village salad is my favorite. And listen to how close it is to yours. It's uh, tomatoes, cherry tomatoes. I think are extremely tasty. I love those. Oh my gosh, they're the best. They right, really are. Mm. right. It's hard to find a really good tasting regular uh, oh. tomato uh, in the they're, store. They're like they're like liquid liquid sunshine. Liquid sunshine, right exactly. And, and if you you're hopefully. You're growing them in your yard because they're so tasty when you get them out of the yard. But anyway, oh it's uh, it's yeah. tomatoes, it's cucumbers, it's green peppers, it is uh-huh. uh, onions. Uh, what else? What else? I put a little, fe- I crumble a little feta cheese in there with uh, olive oil and red wine vinegar, and oh, okay, it's delicious. And then at the end, you've got this nice dressing in the bottom of the bowl. You take your Italian bread, nice toasty Italian bread, you dip it in that dressing. And oh, as my dad used to that, say, "Good night, Irene." <laughs> That's a good eating right there. I may have to follow up on that. Bread Give that a try. Give that a try, David. I will. All right. But I always enjoy your show. We really, I really love your show on Sunday. It's I, part of my Sunday morning. Thanks, okay. David. You have a great Sunday today, and thank you for the call, All right, buddy. Really appreciate Goodbye. it. Yeah, we'll get to some more uh, recipes. I made a um, uh, a caprese salad the other day with uh, burrata cheese. Not mozzarella. I like mozzarella cheese, but I love the creaminess of burrata. Let me tell you uh, what I did with that uh, coming up in a couple of minutes. Somebody sent a text in about a a burrata salad, you know, burrata cheese uh, with uh, peaches in it. It's a peach and burrata uh, salad mixture. Uh, Let me tell you about that. And if you've got uh, a favorite salad recipe, I want to hear about it. 312 Nine eight one seven two hundred. Twelve thirty six. It's Dean Richards' food time. Chicago Radio's only cooking and dining show on the air. Uh, 
at the suggestion of uh, a listener, how about a salad segment on the uh, Food Time Show? Fantastic idea. And uh, so let's do that. I've got our phone lines open here at 312-981-7200 for your salad, your favorite salad recipes. What's the knockout salad recipe that you do? That uh, you know your family and friends uh, rave about, they crave about, they ask you to make it, uh, you know, for special occasions. What is your favorite uh, salad recipe? I've got a, a bunch of them, and you know, I just I ju- was just thinking about it during the break. That right around now is when everybody's tomatoes are coming in, and uh, you know they're they're ripening and ready to pick and enjoy uh, delicious in the backyard. Uh, I know that's a that's a real Chicago thing where you know we love we love growing our tomatoes out in the backyard, and when they come in, I used to love uh, going out into the backyard, picking a few tomatoes, picking a, a cucumber or two, picking a green pepper, going inside, you know, washing everything up, and making a delicious salad just picked from the yard minutes ago. I mean, there's nothing more delicious, and it's killing me. That I didn't grow anything this year. I, I had was having some work done in my backyard, some deck work done in my my backyard. So the whole thing was just a mess. And where I usually grow things, I had you know yard furniture and things like that. Anyway, bottom line is nothing. I, I didn't grow anything this year. So uh, I've been uh, depending on the generosity of my neighbors, who are nice enough to they've been sharing their tomatoes with me. Uh, and my my relatives, I went to visit uh, my aunt last week, and uh, she picked some uh, uh, tomatoes from her yard. She picked the tomatoes from the yard. I didn't go steal them. Uh, and she said, I, I know you're not growing anything this year. Here's some tomatoes. I couldn't wait to get home to make a nice caprese salad, which that's what I did with the the uh, burrata cheese last week. The burrata, I put the, you know, the burrata ball uh, right in the center, I cut up the tomatoes, uh, and I put them in a strainer first. I salt them and put them in uh, a, a strainer first to let some of the liquid, uh, you know, fall out of it. The, the salt extracts uh, the the water in most everything, and uh, you know, while they're in the strainer, the water uh, drains out, and you've got that really nice, intense tomato flavor. Now I cut them, you know, bite sized pieces. And uh, put a little olive oil, nice, uh, really nice quality extra virgin olive oil on top of that. I take some fresh basil. Don't refrigerate your basil. That's going to kill your basil. Some nice, uh, nice basil. Chop it up right before I'm going to serve it. Uh, put that on, on top of the tomato and the either mozzarella or burrata in this case. Uh, and then I sprinkled some balsamic glaze on top of it. And I'm telling you, it's a meal by itself. That's a delicious meal all by itself with these homegrown tomatoes. So, uh, you know, I've got a few uh, recipes here that are specifically tomato because we're in such a big tomato season right now. And uh, I'm hoping that you've got some uh, great salad ideas or tomatoes uh, in particular. Uh, what do you what do you do with all the the millions of tomatoes that suddenly come in and then like suddenly on your counter, you've got uh, 157 tomatoes laying around. What do you do with it all? Three one two nine eight one seven two zero zero 
is uh, the telephone number, and we've got a bunch of recipes uh, on the um, on the text line here. Uh, said, um, you know, oh, someone's saying thank you for the burrata cheese uh, recipe. I'm on my way to Mariano's right now. Well, good. I'm glad I can help you fill up your shopping list. Yeah, it's right in the cheese. You know, they have the Mariano's have has their little cheese shop. Uh, they they have where the mozzarella is. I guarantee you, there's a little plastic container also that has burrata cheese, uh, and it is uh, absolutely delicious. Uh, someone in the 309 area code said that there's a tomato shortage due to the California drought. Well, yeah, I don't know about that. I, I haven't noticed that they're you know in the in the grocery stores there don't seem to be tomatoes. Uh, but honestly, the uh, the regular tomatoes in the grocery store, they're not that tasty. I prefer to get mine at a farmer's market or, you know, if uh, you know, you're growing them in your backyard. It doesn't get any better than that. Uh, in the grocery store, the only tomatoes that I will buy are cherry tomatoes, cherry or grape tomatoes. They're so much more flavorful. Uh, so uh, I, I, I don't know about the tomato shortage. Makes sense, I guess, if there's a drought uh, going on there here's the uh, 815 area code said i start with uh, homegrown tomatoes vidalia onions which by the way are my favorite onions by the way those sweet vidalia onions so delicious homegrown tomatoes vidalia onions and cucumbers smothered in wishbone italian dressing and topped with a bit of real shredded parmesan that's a big that's a big uh, distinction real shredded versus the pre-shredded, any kind of pre-shredded cheese has a, a coating on it. So the, uh, the, the grated or, ch- you know, the grated cheese doesn't stick together. So they put a, a coating on it, not nearly as flavorful. You're always better off buying your cheese whole and shredding or grating it yourself. And then uh, here the 815 area code says, uh, I serve it with Italian bread. And then... Uh, as a, a little postscript here on this uh, email, it says, curse you, Dean Richards, now I'm hungry. <laughs> that, that's, that's, the, that's what this food show does. It makes you starving for, for your Sunday uh, lunch. Uh, but that sounds fantastic. And look how simple this is. Tomatoes, onions, cucumbers, that's it. And if you want to use the wishbone Italian dressing, I've had some really delicious bottled dressings. I know a lot of salad snobs, you know, who think you have to make your dressing from scratch. And it's good. It's, it's great uh, from scratch. It's very, very good. A really nice quality olive oil, a nice, uh, you know, uh, uh, I, I usually use a, a red wine uh, vinegar, but not always. Sometimes I use champagne vinegar. Sometimes I use... Uh, a um, balsamic vinegar, variety of vinegars, but mo- almost always I use the red wine vinegar, a touch of mustard just to emulsify it a little bit. But you know what? If I'm in a pinch, I'm going to the, the bottled salad dressing too. Uh, I like uh, uh, Newman's salad dressing, Paul Newman's brand. They have a classic olive oil and vinegar dressing. It's simple, and that's all there is to it. And if you're in a hurry, you know that I, I think that's very delicious. I'm going to try the wishbone. I'm, I am not a salad dressing snob at all. Uh, that sounds really great, and thank you for that. Uh, thank you for that uh, uh, recipe. Uh, here's the 608 area code. Try your burrata salad with grilled watermelon, heirloom tomatoes, and a light balsamic vinegar. 
Yeah, I've heard a lot of people add the grilled, uh, add, adding watermelon to their uh, burrata salad. It's like a caprese with uh, watermelon, the sweetness of watermelon, the sweetness of the tomatoes, and the sweetness of that light uh, balsamic vinegar. I'll bet that is just plain old delicious. And on that note, let me tell you about this other recipe that I found this week, which is a peach and burrata caprese uh, salad. Uh, and it's, uh, you know, burrata cheese. It is uh, peaches that you have sliced, you know, nice ripe peaches that you've sliced. It's basil. And then on top of that, it, you know, you, you take all of that, put a little olive oil on top of it, and then sprinkle some honey on top of that and some toasted pecans. Oh my gosh, it's so delicious. I, I can't get enough of, uh, you know, fresh peaches this time of year. Uh, 312-981-7200. Scott, what is your salad recipe? Well, it's, I don't have a recipe really yet. I'm going to work on it this week. I was in San Diego last week, and I had at uh, this little deli had a, sal- a side dish that I got, and it was like finely sliced uh, cucumbers, watermelon, cherry tomatoes, a little bit of fresh mint, and uh, jalapeno, finely diced jalapeno in there, oh. and a little bit of red onion, and a Thai chili vinaigrette. Oh, that sounds fantastic. So, I, I mean, it was one of those things, like, if I was still there, I would have begged for a recipe or something. So right. i got to figure out how to make a Thai, Thai vinaigrette, and then I'm going to try it this week. Yeah, you know what? Get, get, on, your, get on your Google. It, it can't be that hard to find a, a recipe like that. Uh, I looked a little bit. There's just different ones. So I'm trying to figure out which one, which is which the right one, would be best for yeah, it, so. which, right? Which is the right one? But, I went to. Have you ever been to to Joe's uh, Stone Crab, the the seafood restaurant? Joe's Stone Crab. Uh, no, it, it's downtown. Fantastic uh, seafood restaurant, but uh, you know, a little, little, it's on the pricey side. Uh, no question about it. Every once in a while, for a special occasion, I'll go there. They make a they make a seafood salad. That is so delicious. It's got crab, shrimp, um, what else? Lobster. I mean, it's loaded, loaded with amazing seafood. And they have this. It's sort of a lemon vinaigrette with slight mustard dressing, radishes, uh, edamame beans. Uh, and I, I went there one afternoon. I said, I'm going to figure out how to make this darn salad. Because it's expensive. I mean, I like it, but I'm also a cheapskate. Uh, oh, with all that seafood in it, it's got to be expensive. Oh, ridiculous. Ridiculous. But I said, it's got to be cheaper to make at home. I sat there like a scientist with my pa- paper and pencil, writing everything down, trying to figure out what the ingredients were. Uh, and I went home and, and recreated it pretty close to what they how they make it. So I, I, I feel your pain of trying to figure out how to make this recipe. Okay. Scott, have a great day today. Thank you very much for the call. 1251 Salad Palooza on today's Food Time Show. 312-981-7200 from the text line. Dean, tell me how you make your balsamic glaze. The secret is is that I don't make my balsamic clay. <laughs> I go to the store and I pick up a bottle off of the shelf. It's right where the balsamic vinegar is. 
Uh, it comes in a little bottle. It's already syrupy. But if you take your balsamic vinegar, I've never done it because I'm lazy. <laughs> but uh, if you take your balsamic vinegar, put it in a pan and reduce it, it will become syrupy. And the sweetness will intensify, and that's how you make balsamic glaze. But, you know, it's, it, it, you know, who, who's got time? You know, everybody's busy. Go, buy, buy the little bottle of uh, the balsamic glaze and uh, call it a day. Tom, how about you? You got all kinds of spare time to be making balsamic glaze? No, I don't. This is quick and easy, okay? You take your nice ripe tomatoes, slice them, arrange them nice on a luncheon plate, Take a block of provolone, mm. and you take a potato peeler and put, you know, slices, just, you know, like little peels of provolone all over it. Nice. Your fresh, fresh basil on top. Nice. And then just use balsamic vinaigrette, either craft or wishbone. Put that on top. Okay. Set on your counter for 15 minutes so it's nice and, you know, room temperature, right. and uh, go to it. Absorbs, right. Oh, that sounds fantastic. Uh, and it's easy. <laughs> yeah, a little a little piece of tomato, a little piece of provolone, uh, basil, and yeah, your vinaigrette, and the okay? basil, and the, maybe soak it up with a little bread. I'm big on soaking it up with bread. That's a, I mean, a favorite. It's, it's it's really good and easy. Yeah, and it looks it looks pretty if it's on a luncheon plate or whatever. You know, I mean, a whole bunch of them. Yeah, and I hate to spoil it for everybody, but kind of healthy too. I don't, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. people don't want anything too healthy. Tom, yeah. thank you for the recipe. I really appreciate it. How about you, Mike? What's yours? Mine is uh, it's either a rotini or a macaroni okay. salad. But I what I use is the uh, fresh vegetables, the corn chow chow mm-hmm. recipe. You know, sweet corn or simple syrup. Right. Oh, okay. And you just make it like pickles, and you can throw in cucumbers or peppers or whatever you want. Okay. All right. And uh, mix that up. Uh, it's either Parmesan cheese on top to finish it with a little basil, and that's that's go-to meal, man. And yeah, that sounds good. So it's like a pasta really salad. Really good way to use up your summer vegetables. Right. And, uh, you were talking about tomatoes. I, I steam blanch my tomatoes that are, like, sitting on the counter, yeah. like you said, and uh, cut them in half, skin them, and throw them in a cereal meal for the freezer for the oh, really? stews and stuff like that for the winter. For, oh, so you freeze them. You, you blanch them, peel them, and uh, you put them in the freezer. You eat them. Yeah. Yeah, I put them right in that cereal meal. Okay. That's and, a good... uh, I'll, I'll double bag it, too. I'll use, like, a... Yeah. Storage bag, and keep it inside of there, and open it slightly. But then I freeze seal them. Yeah, get the get the and air. They'll out. last six months. Yeah, that, that's fantastic when you're making like a nice, uh, you know, red sauce or something in the the winter. Well, yeah, time. any kind of marinara red sauce, you can make it salsa out of them. You can yeah. do whatever you want. That's a that's a fantastic. A lot of people do canning. Uh, that seems a lot easier that way. Mike, it's I, a lot easier than yeah. canning. I've done a lot of canning. I so. appreciate your recipes. Sound delicious. And how about you? Uh, is this Marsha? You're on WGN. Hi, Dean. It's Martha. Martha. Um, Martha. Okay. Martha. Yes. And I have a wonderful spin on a lot of the things you've been talking about. It's a pasta salad, and I like to use pappardelle, but you could certainly use any kind of pasta you want. Right. And then I do use the um, caprese salad ingredients, um, cherry tomatoes, the the medium-sized small rounds of mozzarella. Right. 
but I also add, and, and fresh basil, of course, but then I also add Kalamata olives mm. and, um, and artichoke hearts oh. that I quarter. And you can make a homemade vinaigrette, or like you were saying, some of the bottled Italian dressings are fabulous, too. But I bring this to parties, and people love it. And the nice thing is, if you have any picky people, they can pick around and just pick and choose what they want if they're not a tomato person or whatever. Right, right. And if you want, I imagine you could put uh, some nice uh, Italian meats in there, it, oh yeah, you know, like a salami or something like that. And people, yeah. If if you want to, you know, change it up a little bit. Very versatile, mm-hmm. and man, does that sound yeah. delicious! I have so many it people, really so many people on my text line <laughs> telling me I got to try the wishbone Italian dressing. That they love it. When I get off this <laughs> show, I, yeah. I'm going to run to the store and go get me some of that dressing. To I got to try it oh, now baby. after everyone recommended it. Yeah. You're adorable. I I hope you have a great day. That's very sweet of you. Have a wonderful Sunday.